0: When you save on auto insurance for driving safe with USAA Safe Pilot, you'll feel like a big deal. Even in a traffic jam. Save up
1: to 30% with USAA Safe Pilot. Restrictions apply. 40 in so he can lube us up for tonight's show. And who else do we have? Diesel girl, welcome back. Michael Fontaine, good to see you. And uh, let's see here. Digger Dog uh, Dr. Steers, how are you? Good to have you here, my man. It's been a while. Thank you for coming on in. Greenfield Drone, how you doing? Flying with the Chinese drones lately? Rano Err. Good to have you here, buddy. All right, we got twenty seconds. The super chat is open. Our store is open at spacedoutradio.com for you to get all of your really cool swag. Help support us as well. And don't forget We got Vegas coming up. Check your ticker below if you want to know what's up. Come see Science Bob and all of us. Until then, horns up. Let's rock. mountains of central British Columbia to you listening around the world this my friends is Spaced Out Radio. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. We welcome you to tonight's show on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, Talk Stream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio show and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Our website, spacedoutradio.com, we have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the news, wire, check out our swag as well. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world 10% happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find them on our website. We are getting deep into time travel and aliens tonight. Author, researcher, and experiencer Diane Tessman is here. She'll be with us momentarily. Then in hour number three, we're going to head to the swamp. Our resident swamp dweller takes us on another spooky journey. And from there, little Timmy Senor is going to join us. We'll probably have some random guy getting into UFOs on the UFO reports. Diane Tessman has had two childhood abductions encounters in which she was told, we are from your future. People tend to assume then that her investigation and research over 45 years is not to be trusted because she sounds like a true believer, heaven forbid. But she requires physics and other science and has been rigorously skeptical, as any investigator should. One of her goals is to explain why we have to separate our subjective feelings from objective thinking and logic. Diane's scientific research has arrived at the likelihood that it's extratempestrials in our skies. She wrote a paper outlining why UFO occupants might be us for the future for the APRO Bulletin in 1981. She has also written books on the spiritual side of contact and the evolution of our consciousness, but these days she's working on more of a scientific approach. First time ever on Spaced Out Radio, Diane Tessman. It is an incredible pleasure to have you here tonight. Thank you for joining us.
2: Oh, well, I'm very happy to be here.
1: I want to ask you right off the bat... Uh, to get my audience to learn a little bit more about you. You had two encounters as a child. What happened?
2: Yes. Well, I was on the first one. I was out playing with my dog on a November evening. And the next thing I knew, I had this strange experience. Um, The second one was up at Eagle Lake, Canada, Ontario, Canada. My family had gone up there for just an overnight vacation. We lived in North Iowa, and the same being appeared in the cabin that I was alone in. Um, My family should have my mother should have been there, but uh, they, I guess, were in stasis or something. I don't know, but I was in there alone, and the same being that I met on what I think was a ship the first time came in the door, and um, and I don't remember, I underwent hypnosis with Dr. Leo Sprinkle, who became a, a good friend um, on the first one, but I've, I haven't had the second one uh, hypnotized, or me hypnotized about the second one for regression, but I do remember consciously what the being looked like, the, who was my, main abductor or guide depending on if you want to you know if it's (laughs) lemons or lemonade Um, and he he was a normal size human uh, but he had very mesmerizing amber uh, almost translucent eyes that um, I realized many years later maybe were artificial intelligence but he seemed human I, I had no doubt so My encounters were not traumatic in that uh, I didn't meet um, in regression. I remember two beings who weren't quite human. One was kind of more looked like a grasshopper in the head, but but he was uh, humanoid and two legs and all. Um, But um, I don't know. Uh, uh, But the being I met was was uh, human he he seemed human to me he didn't stand out as you know scary or not not what i was used to which was humans
1: how big was and he those
2: were my two without going into too many details that those are the two encounters or abductions
1: how how big was he or did you know it was a male figure
2: yes yes and and he spoke to me or it was telepathy there was an input to it, to me. Um, he was almost reticent. He was very proper, and, and um, uh, he wanted to impart information to me. Um, he was uh, My dad was six feet tall, and I think he was maybe a little bit shorter. Oh, wow. I'm not sure. I, it's hard for a child to judge.
1: And how old were you when this happened?
2: four years old
1: oh goodness
2: so i think that's one reason uh my abductions are not uh taken they've never gained great fame like travis walton's or or calvin parker's which i'm grateful for mostly um but i think because i was so young people tend to think well a kid she must have you know been daydream or you know had a dream or something but um i also I'm missing this um, membrane in my uh, – the membrane between your your gum and your uh, – no, your upper lip um, is just totally gone with me. It took me years to figure out. It was gone. I didn't miss it because I didn't know it should be there. But uh, I think they took a tissue sample. So there is near evidence. Um, and so it was real. Um, I did ask my parents about it, um, both individually and together, a number of times. I said, you know, maybe when I was a baby, um, did they? I've heard of uh, having that just slit so a baby can suckle better. And they said, no, no. Now you had a tad of jaundice, they told us. But uh, they were very doting parents. They, it was a second marriage, they were older parents and they knew what was happening with their baby and uh, apparently that wasn't done with me so that's the only thing I could uh, um, they didn't know what happened had no idea
1: this obviously triggered a lifetime of questions for you when did you start taking ufology and your own experience seriously that you needed to find more out about it
2: I was always interested in, uh, I remember loving uh, Brad Steiger's <clears throat> paperbacks when I was uh, in my teens and, and 20s on, you know, those old paperback racks that they used to have, uh, but I was, I taught school for 11 years, um, first grade, um, and English as a second language, and so I was busy, uh, also I had a small daughter. And we moved to the Virgin Islands, and I wasn't so into it. But then we moved back to Florida, and um, I was watching Star Trek, which I love, original Star Trek. And uh, then I just, uh, as a pastime from teaching, a a way of getting away from it, I uh, joined APRO. I guess I wanted to do something adult as well because I was with kids so much. But uh, at that point, I I got really deeply into it, and then I developed personal questions. But I didn't have them in my teens and 20s. I, it was just stashed away in my head.
1: Have you had any encounters with extraterrestrials since then?
2: I've had paranormal events, and that's a whole separate... Uh, story i could but um no not extraterrestrials no
1: so what kind of paranormal events have you had then
2: I, i've incidentally felt an ongoing contact <clears throat> with the um with this original guide um and for years i wrote uh spiritual or or um war warnings about earth and trying to appeal to the collective consciousness so i wasn't a psychic but i was on that spiritual side of things but then i always was really very interested in science as well but um lately or for the last 10 years or so i've kind of switched over to to science even though i'm still spiritual and i still have i still write for people that are a few of them have held on all these years and And still subscribe to a newsletter, but um uh I've kind of switched over to all science as far as my public uh, investigations
1: okay, so as an experiencer, you have kind of run the gamut of what's going on you you've You've made a lifelong commitment to trying to figure out how did you start <clears throat> to formulate your own idea of what aliens were, where they came from. And what they're all about.
2: I When I got involved with APRO. And uh, briefly with MUFON. I did. um, I did have the ideas about future humans. I wrote a paper in 1981. That Carl Lorenzen with APRO. Actually um, liked a lot. And she didn't like far out things usually. Um, But. She liked it and put it in the bulletin. So I was—I can't say that I wasn't still thinking it was future humans. I do have that propensity to do that, <clears throat> but I know how to be objective, and and um, it, it's never really been about extraterrestrials, as far as I'm concerned. It is for most people, for many people.
1: Right. I mean. So what makes you think it's not extraterrestrial? What makes you think that it's something different?
2: There are... If there's one question that we've got to ask, and that's, is time travel possible? If it is possible, I think the, the most of the evidence... Logically, uh, almost like investigating a, a murder. <clears throat> you look f- for the m- person that had the motivation. <clears throat> you check out their behavior and see if you can get hints from that. And to me, it points to future humans having a lot to do with Earth. And as far as the the strange-looking, well, I know Mike Masters, explains why the greys and the, the uh, strange-looking humanoids uh, are as they are because they're from thousands of years in our future. I, that's his thing, and I agree with it. But to me, there's many other reasons that just point to, to those being future humans and not from, from far distant planet that would have a different genetic code, most likely, not even DNA, and yet there are samples of DNA taken all the time. Who needs DNA? Well, if our uh, genetic code has been damaged by nuclear war or just general nuclear contamination and um, uh, microplastics and, and all the things that have damaged us, Genetically, or maybe, probably have. Then they may need to replenish. Um, then they're not all artificial intelligence. They may need some uh, native DNA. But okay, that sounds kind of, you know, science fiction. But why do aliens from a far distant planet need it? Well, you know, there's been all sorts of stories about growing humans in vats and all that but i I've, I've never quite believed um, all the the stories that have been told as to why real aliens would would be so cuz that's what most of the abductions are about i think is getting tissue samples and perhaps otherwise taking readings on
1: us right um so if if it's not so, alien a, and they are from the future, do you think they're future humans or do you think hmm. that they are are just a different species that we haven't discovered yet?
2: I think they're us from the future. I don't know if you can be so specific as to say uh your great 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 grandchildren uh because there's there may be a lot of years there thousands possibly um, maybe 500 Um, when we have developed we're making strides in science and technology Uh, huge strides right now we're not doing well spiritually or socially with each other but there are uh, you know there's quantum computers that aren't quite online yet but man what they'll be able to do and um, uh, I just think that we developed we advanced you know there's that kardashev scale of advanced civilizations. I think we did that um a lot of people these days kind of think we don't deserve to go on. We've messed up a beautiful world um they you know we're we're closer to nuclear war than we've ever been. all that kind of thing, but we can't be that you know that we can't want ourselves to be an, to be uh, become extinct um maybe we can you know there may be only a few that survive you can make up survival stories about it maybe they put the science in a vault and they kept it and a few survived or maybe it's a beautiful society like like star trek is back you know in san francisco uh that's hard to believe but uh, I don't have, you know, I don't paint pictures like that in either direction. I just say, okay, here's my point one. If there is such a thing as time travel, it's their planet too. Um, they're just making excursions. Usually they don't abduct people. Usually they're just up there and almost like army maneuvers. And well, there they go. And we go, oh my God, it's a UFO. But uh Perhaps they belong here. They just have a way of coming back in time. And then the second point is there's an irrefutable link between ourselves and UFO occupants because they're so interested in our DNA. And also, there's uh, whether we like it or not, um, we have the same roots, if they exist, Earth and uh I made the point in my Future Humans book that um, the Nimitz pilots, uh, you know, played cat and mouse with, uh, and they were the mouse, with the Tic Tacs. And to me, that's a human, would aliens actually play a game of top, or hot dog, or top dog, or whatever it is, and, and uh, you know, they were playing a game of chicken with them, and there seems to be a humor there and a sense of competition, and, you know, one, if they were aliens, either they might just shoot you out of the air and say, well, bye, or they might say, oh, these are so warlike that these humans, they're trying to come at, you know, they responded as humans with the Nimitz pilots, and I'm sure others, they like to play games. Um, And point three is that the UFO occupants haven't exterminated us yet or taken over Earth, and maybe they need us in order for them to exist. And so if that's true, that gives us a card to play. I mean, we could present ourselves. I, I think we need to get ourselves together and be a presentable collective species to whoever it is. And um, if if they uh, need us... In order for them to exist, uh oh, my German Shepherd is trying to break out of her kennel. uh oh,
1: that's okay. Um, <laughs> I got two of the. I got two shepherds myself.
2: Ah. Uh, anyway, so that, that well, she nicely interrupted my diatribe or my whatever it is, my rant. <laughs>
1: oh, that that's quite okay. I mean, we're going to get more into the whole time travel aspect here. As we got about. Th- Three minutes to go before we have to go to break here at the bottom of the hour. Diane Tessman is our guest tonight. Did it take you a long time to come to that conclusion that maybe aliens aren't here and it is time travelers from the future instead?
2: Well, I always had that subjectively in my head. Uh, So, but as far as, as, uh, I don't know, I gathered little bits of evidence and interesting things. I know I asked Eric Davis, the physicist, um, a few years ago, um, is it future humans? And he said... Something.
0: start your future at Eastern shipbuilding group and begin a new career that offers long-term financial stability increased wages bonuses with full benefits eastern shipbuilding located on the world's most beautiful beaches in Panama City Florida has been committed to producing the highest quality vessels for our customers for over 40 years now hiring first-class ship fitters welders electricians pipe fitters and many more offering a relocation bonus and the potential to exceed eighty thousand dollars or more for most of our top craft positions with incentive bonuses and overtime apply at Eastern Eastern shipbuilding.com.
2: When you stay at a Verbo, you always get the whole home, the whole upstairs, the whole downstairs, and the whole nap room. Only whole vacation homes, always all yours. Book on the Verbo app. Like, uh, yes, but there's more to it, too. And so that, you know, uh, I, I get encouraged along the way. I know how is has thought of it and is interested Jacques Vallée has always said the others of earth he's never really thought there you know there's others of me <laughs> i'm in good company with those, with those three
1: no and and you know there's a lot of brilliance there with those three as well and yeah. and when, when you uh, when you look at at everything that eric davis said to you regarding it could be that and possibly more what do you think that more is
2: well, that's what I don't think I'm going to tackle until we're through. It's the beings beyond. <laughs> it's, it's advanced civilization. Here come your aliens. It's future humans. It could be past uh, beings of Earth that maybe took to space before the, cataclysm- uh, the big disasters back uh, about 13,000 years ago so extra of the past but i don't really and then aliens but it's it's a uh, it's on like the Cardiff uh scale it's on a level they're on advanced levels and they know each other and i don't think it's a federation they probably come separately i i don't know but that that's what the book is about um the new book it kind of goes beyond just the argument for future humans.
1: No, absolutely. I mean, and that's one of those debates that we're going to continue to have as we draw closer to technology in the future. I mean, with 30 seconds to go, do you think the technology is there to, to be able to tell what all of this is?
2: Well, I think we're we're getting there. Um, I In my Facebook group, We keep putting up advanced scientific things that are happening and saying, oh, well, that would work for the future humans. You can see the pathway to it. It's coming along. Eric did a thing on wormholes. He did a whole study of wormholes. (laughs) He didn't make one, but nobody else has either.
1: (laughs) Diane, I'm going to get you to wait right there. Diane Tessman, author, experiencer, researcher, into time travel, and extraterrestrials. We will be right back finding out are there time travelers here now? We'll ask Diane when we return on Spaced Out Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. That was a fast first half hour.
2: Yeah, it was. I sure hope my voice holds up. <coughs>
1: Well, what do I have here for you? I have water. Ah, I have... Uh,
2: teleported.
1: Yes, I will try with the extra tempestrals. I was bugging uh, Michael Masters last time he was on. I, I kept making things up. So instead of saying extra tempestrals, I was saying everything like extra uh, temptation island ter- uh, terrestrials or something along <laughs> those lines, right? And he just kept on cracking them up. Yeah, he'll be back on with us on Friday uh, ah. for our roundtable discussion.
2: You're, you're getting into time travel. All right, maybe you always were.
1: Oh, I believe they're here. I, You know, there's two things that I have. <laughs> I believe that they're here, and I also believe that if it's not true, I still want it to be true. Yeah. I do believe in a secret space program, uh, and I would say oh, that yeah. has something to do with it.
2: Yeah, that fits. uh, Yeah. Just don't know what. I haven't really tried to incorporate it, but yeah.
1: I don't know. Way above my pay scale. Way above my pay scale.
2: Well, but we're invited by someone or something. It can't just be all scientists. That's one of my pet peeves.
1: Well, we'll get into that. We will we will has the snow started there yet
2: uh, it who me yeah it's been going um for, uh, for <laughs> forever um since this morning maybe my my yard is an ice rink so my poor dogs haven't had their regular exercise cuz it's really slippery
1: yeah my area here is uh is all, uh, how can we put it, is all, uh, the plows have just kind of built up everything.
2: Yeah, yeah. That happens.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're supposed to get another foot here in the next 24 hours, then another foot or so on the weekend. It's like, come on. Trying to get to my Sasquatch area. Hey, tomorrow is random guy's birthday. I think he'll be like, I don't know, 43, 44. Oh, he'll be 44. Right on, random guy. Right on. And, uh, Yeah. Let's see here. We've got about two minutes to go here. And I've said hello to everybody. Dirty filth. What are you working on down there, buddy? Let's take a little peeky poo here.
3: Well, you know, cartoons. Cartoons, Dave. Well, I know. It's daytime I picture so far.
1: So far. I'm noticing that with the sun. And happy
3: name day, random guy. Oh, it is a nice sunny day.
1: A nice sunny day. I see what you're doing there. Very nice. Very nice. Dirty Filth, quickly, where can everybody find
3: your calendar and your book? Go to filthy.com, F-Y-L-T-H-Y.com. And get my book, calendar, prints. Send me an email if you want.
1: Is your ring an eyeball?
3: Looking back at you, Dave. That is weird.
1: That is totally weird. You missed a spot. Don't you hate that? I'm teasing you. That's what the water's for. You're so good. You're so good. So good. Thanks, Dirty Filth. I'll be drawing pictures in
3: Vegas, too, buddy, old boy.
1: Oh, yes, you will. Um, May 19th through 21st, which will be the second annual fan party at the Golden Nugget in Las Vegas. We encourage all of you to come and have a good time with us. We'll have a lot of special guests there for you. VIP packages are available until April 1st, which will include Dirty Filth pictures and... We'd love to have you all there. Go to info at spacedoutradio.com to get your tickets today and uh, lock up what you want because we need to have a count on the VIPs here very, very soon. We'll also be releasing our itinerary within the next couple weeks as well. Thank you tonight to our super chatters, Human Carl, Science Bob, T2E, Pam H, and Deb. Thank you so much. The super chat is a great way to support what we do. Here we go. <laughs> second half hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for joining us. We really do appreciate it. Want to remind you that if you missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot. Read the Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Researcher, author, experiencer Diane Testman is here tonight. Over 45 years of research into the phenomena of time travel and the phenomena of extraterrestrials. Are one all the same? We'll find out. Diane, thank you so much for joining us tonight. It's a real pleasure.
2: Oh, I'm happy to be here.
1: All right, big question for you right off the bat. Do we have time travelers walking on the planet right now?
2: Um, Yeah, I've never felt that there are individual time travelers. Like every once in a while, somebody will show up and say they're a time traveler. That's never really quite worked out. I tend to think it's uh, almost a quasi-military or, or I don't think they just come back. In time, when they feel like it, I think there would be regulations or something to where um, units would come back and observe or do whatever they do. Um, I I don't know. I, I don't know why they would come and live here, or I don't think it's a casual thing because I think there's too many pitfalls with time travel. Um, not that you could. Shoot your grandfather because you couldn't, you know, but stuff like that, I don't think they're uh, that
0: they. Start your future at Eastern Shipbuilding Group and begin a new career that offers long-term financial stability, increased wages, bonuses with full benefits. Eastern Shipbuilding, located on the world's most beautiful beaches in Panama City, Florida, has been committed to producing the highest quality vessels for our customers for over 40 years. Now, hiring first-class ship fitters, welders, electricians, pipe fitters, and many more. Offering a relocation bonus and the potential to exceed $80,000 or more for most of our top craft positions with incentive bonuses and overtime. Apply at Eastern Shipbuilding when you stay at a Verbo, the host doesn't stay with you. Because a vacation home with a stranger sounds a little bit like a horror movie. Only whole vacation homes. Always private. Book on the Verbo app.
2: Mingle or, or come back individually. But I could be wrong. Uh, that's just an opinion.
1: Right. Okay. So why do you think time travelers would want to come back here? Whether it's military or whether it's for vacation, why do you think what that's going on?
2: Just because that's what we do. I mean, if we can do it, we'll come back and examine it. Or, or you know, why do we set up uh, military operations in in Germany or, or Korea? Or um, it's just kind of our nature to to spread out and. Uh, and not just stay where we are if we've got the science and tech to do it, um why we'll do it, and then we'll keep doing it with this project or that project, and usually it all falls apart or gets ends up in a war or something, but mostly just because they can would be to perhaps to study um, uh what the original DNA was like or the original people i mean you could go back i think mike masters was saying the other night you can go back to any time once you're outside of time <coughs> you can go back any uh, so they're probably back there in in ancient days too and you know there's there's uh, that idea we've had or they may uh, you know be in the 1700s isn't there There's, I don't know, I think it was the 1700s, there was a big UFO flap over Hamburg, Germany, and there's that um, art that you see sometimes an engraving or something with shooting in the sky and all sorts of craft up in the air. Um, They probably go all over the place just because they can. But I don't really know about, I guess if you can fold space, you can head into far distant worlds but that is a big mean universe space is <clears throat> turns out to be so hard on the the physical body uh which might be a reason to become artificial intelligence but uh, yeah just because they can answers your question
1: oh very very true very true so the time travelers that would be here if we could expect them to be here, you think would be more on the lines of military rather than, you know, an ordinary family, you know, from the future, say 3000 years who has the ability to go back in time for vacation.
2: Right. That's what I suspect that it isn't the family that it is a, uh, yeah, a, so that they can keep, well, I have here guidelines that when you think about it, UFOs, ocu- UFO occupants seem to have these guidelines. Don't land on the White House lawn. Do not land in the farmer's field or say hello to the village. <clears throat> if you really, on abductions, if you really need a sample of DNA, you must be intimidating and mysterious. Do not let them know our actual identity. Do not kill large groups of humans. Try not to kill any humans. Do not start a war or respond as if at war. If possible, strike back in clandestine ways, impose radioactivity but not a deadly amount, cause frightening paranormal events, manifest cryptids and whatnot. Using the paranormal keeps the humans effectively off balance and it serves us best. Go about your business, do not engage... It is not up to them to stop us, and they must fail if they try. Remember, Earth belongs to us, but it also belongs to them. Of two thousand and twenty-three, and I made those up <coughs> through observing how they act. And to me, that would would be a military, some kind of discipline, um, not just you know a family going
1: off for a vacation right right it, it, the, the idea behind behind the fact that the military may come back in the future or military personnel may come back do you think that has to do with missions or maybe objects or technology that they are missing from the future that they may need from our timeline or is that a little That's too a, eco, uh, is that a little too egocentric
2: uh, that's a thought I hadn't had. I don't I don't know. I would assume they had it because we gave it to them, because it went up the line to them. The same as we have airplanes because the rights sent it up the line to us, up the human line. Um, so I would imagine they have all of our technology and then what they've done beyond that, which was eventually probably either, Create wormholes or conquer warp. Learn how to stop. That's a problem, as I understand it. <laughs> that would that would be bad if you couldn't stop the warp. Um, or somehow, I've also wondered if it's maybe somehow done through quantum computers. You know, operating off of quantum qubits. They call them. I, I can't even explain it, but they they just open up all sorts of craziness I mean maybe you know they can they can uh, come up with a formula I guess our computers have to try every have to go through step after step whereas the quantum computers can come up with every formula possible or every every answer possible all at the same time (coughs) Uh, they're not perfected yet I don't think but that opens up a whole so maybe it's um it's done through some kind of computer um i can i can't even word it but it might not even be you know you get in a ship and you head through a wormhole um don't know
1: do you think then uh, do you think then that they are traveling back here uh through like a, a jump room like, like uh, alleged time traveler Andrew Bashago was saying, or do you think that they come through time on, through wormholes on some sort of specialized craft?
2: Uh, I, would think wormholes or or warp a ship that would would do warp, um, fold space, stand still, and fold space. Uh, How does this go? Pushing like a boat, pushing out, <coughs> folding space in front of it and pushing it out behind it. Because space is uh, a material; it's an ocean. It's not a vacuum, so you can you can fold it. I, I was going to say, you know, even Einstein said he thought time travel was possible, but hard, but difficult. So. Um, uh, I don't know. It uh, seems if it's possible, I assume in a thousand years we probably will do it, or f- f- five fifty thousand years, or five hundred years. I have no idea.
1: Do you think the... that many in the in the dark world <laughs> believe that we already have the technology to to do things like this right now? Do you believe we are in the grasps of that technology
2: no i don't um i i no i don't i, I know uh eric davis had said uh, as far as the um the um watch the breakaway civilization that there's there's no evidence for who worked on it to create it i mean it's just there <clears throat> physicist, no other physicist, and it, I can't really connect. It's an interesting idea, but no, I don't think we have that technology now, right now.
1: Okay, so there's so much uh, understanding about, you know, about this subject, and, and to the little knowledge that there is out there, you know, people such as yourself or Michael Masters or others who have been working on these incredible theories about about time travelers coming from the future. Do they look like us? Do you think that we have evolved more into what many people believe would be like the alien gray type of being?
2: Uh, probably depends how far in the future they are. And I think I heard him say this the other night. <clears throat> if they're way in the future, they probably do look more like the grays or are the greys, I guess. Um, But if it's 500 years ahead, they probably still look like us. Although if they're artificial intelligence, they could look like us and be a whole new, new species, really, or grounded in what we're giving AI even today. So we need to be gentle and intelligent with AI and not just teach it to go to war, you know, a bunch of, Robots going to run over everything. We've, we've got to put some intelligence into our our uh, efforts with, with AI and not just do whatever we can with it. But I doubt that we'll be that bright.
1: This may sound like a silly question, and I apologize if it is. But, you know, there have been so-called time travelers that have come out claiming that
0: they've been to the future,
1: or they've been a part
0: of, Start your future at Eastern Shipbuilding Group and begin a new career that offers long-term financial stability, increased wages, bonuses with full benefits. Eastern Shipbuilding, located on the world's most beautiful beaches in Panama City, Florida, has been committed to producing the highest quality vessels for our customers for over 40 years. Now hiring first-class ship fitters, welders, electricians, pipe fitters, and many more. Offering a relocation bonus and the potential to exceed $80,000 or more for most of our top craft positions with incentive bonuses and overtime. Apply at Eastern Shipbuilding building.com. Start your future at Eastern Shipbuilding Group and begin a new career that offers long-term financial stability, increased wages, bonuses with full benefits. Eastern Shipbuilding, located on the world's most beautiful beaches in Panama City, Florida, has been committed to producing the highest quality vessels for our customers for over 40 years. Now hiring first-class ship fitters, welders, electricians, pipe fitters, and many more. Offering a relocation bonus and the potential to exceed $80,000 or more for most of our top craft positions with incentive bonuses and overtime. Apply at Eastern Shipbuilding of
1: Secret programs, Andrew bashago a lawyer out of Vancouver, Washington, claims what? he was a child chrononaut. There's the legend of John Titor on the Art yeah. Bell show and, you know, <laughs> to name just a couple. How do we know that these guys are just telling complete fallacies or, or the truth that, uh, that there is something going on?
2: Uh, I've, I've never put much credence in, in it, but that doesn't really mean anything. Um, <clears throat> I can't remember right now. I think one of them kind of got called down or found out, or there were cracks in the, uh, but I, I'm not even sure because I don't remember. I just know the, uh, the first one's name is familiar, <coughs> and i've heard a or people will say well what about him and actually i haven't i haven't looked into it i guess i'm set in my ways as far as allowing that maybe there's a guy that actually i just um i doubt it but what do i know
1: i and on a on a personal note i doubt it too but until we actually get the answer there's always that little bit of suspicion about whether or not it's actually there. You know what I'm saying? Or it's it's actually happened.
2: The UFOs do seem to be there. So who's in there? And that's the, that's what inspires me is the, the group, the uh, units of UFOs that are here and all the different shapes and all the different, and, and also always, we're always kind of, scared of them uh you know alien invaders and my goodness maybe this would be something that could even save our planet you know uh reverse global warming cure cancer they've got stuff if uh they probably worked all that out but they don't so there's a question why don't they give it to us well because there is you don't interfere with the time that that is in it i mean who do you pick to cure of cancer um if you're picking individuals maybe once in a while an angel from the future does do something miraculous for someone with cancer or something but i but until the chi- uh, there's always this saying the child has to learn to tie his shoes himself we've got to take those steps to to discover it ourselves. They can't just come back and give us everything. That would ruin the the, the human stew, <laughs> the human cauldron. of.
1: I don't think our bodies can physically handle it.
2: Handle time travel? Yeah. Well, maybe that's where AI comes in. The being I met had very mesmerizing eyes that just weren't what I was used to. They did you know, ring bells, but I was again maybe tranquilized. I just sat there, mesmerized, and and uh, he so he said, you know, that there was to be a uh, we were to sh- um, be part of an experiment, um, and uh, there there seems to still be a, a connection that isn't. I know when I started writing um, metaphysics and spiritual stuff, I didn't know any of that, and it did just come in. But you know, that's me being subjective. I'm I'm my new scientific self, but um, I I think we can handle it. But possibly, you know, if uh, space is hard on your your liver or your eyes or your uh, the same way as we replace knees and shoulders and things to hips today. um, You could be human at the core and possibly have a lot of AI, including downloads into your head that would make you a lot smarter, you know, up your IQ times 10 or something. And still, still be of earth and still be of human roots, lineage,
1: We have five and a half minutes to go before we have to go to break. At the top of the hour, author, experiencer, researcher, Diane Tessman is here. We are talking time travel. There are so many theories abound regarding time travel and whether or not the human body can actually go through the rigorous uh, process, if we could call it that, of time travel do you think that there is any scarring or breakdown of the human tissue or anatomy regarding time travel?
2: Well, space breaks down the human body. We found that out from the astronauts that have spent a year in space, come back, and, and uh, I the, the twins, the two... Um, Twins, the one that is a senator that didn't stay up for a year, and then the the other one, simple name, I can't, right now it's, it's not on my, own. the one is married to Gabby Gifford, and then the other one yes. stayed up in space a year. He's had trouble with his legs, uh, eyes have deteriorated, and it hasn't all come back to him. A lot of it did uh, rehabilitate, but some of it didn't. So space is, is very hard on the human body. That's true. But but that also limits extraterrestrial or travel for us uh, and uh, to other planets. So it's not just time travel that our, our human body limits us. But we seem to be going ahead with it. Um, I know Eric Davis worked on speeding up the nuclear engine to Mars because it was going to take too long and the astronauts would get too much radiation getting there. And uh, I, I believe that was successfully done. They've speeded it up now to, I'm not sure how long, but much quite a bit shorter to get to Mars. So, yeah, it's a problem.
1: So for those of us who are not as educated regarding it, how does the effects of what the astronauts are doing in space Teach us about what could happen to the human body regarding time travel.
2: Well, I don't. I don't know. Possibly, time travel doesn't do what space, uh, what a long time in space does, because I guess you would travel through a wormhole fairly quickly. Uh, create a create. Uh, we would create a wormhole. Uh, it's it's very. They don't even know if they occur. I think they do naturally out in space, but how to, but we would create one, and that would probably go right through, through one mouth across the, what is it, the Einstein-Rosen Bridge, out the other and And the question is, where do you land? Some other time, some other planet? I don't know. The first guy or woman through the wormhole is, uh, is a very fool. Is a fool. Is a very brave person, because um, anyway, I suppose they would have some way of knowing, uh, sort of where what they were aiming for, and and there you'd be, and then according to one of Eric's papers, you you get come back home for dinner. But I think he was he was, I don't know. <laughs> But that would be much quicker, you see. So does a wormhole hurt Hurt you? The, it, it's made of exotic energies, uh, possibly metamaterials that are quantum materials that bend gravity and whatnot. So um, that might be an, an easy thing compared to space.
1: Do we have to worry about alternative timelines? And if we do... Travel back in time that we may not be on this same timeline as what we are now because we do know we do know that science does believe there are alternate timelines that are interacting with ours as we speak.
2: Uh, do they though? Because, uh, timeline there's the Novikov loop, um, that or Novikov, I guess. It might be the pronunciation that says we stay in our time. We're it's a self-consistency principle um, that a uh, Russian physicist in the eighteen mid eighteen hundreds came up with. Um, I don't. So you're always you can't. They always say, "What if I kill my grandfather? Um, then I wouldn't exist." Well, you can't kill your grandfather because you exist, so there is zero chance you killed your grandfather. But as far as alternate timelines, those are used so much in science fiction. I love them, but um, I'm not sure you can hop them. You know, like I, I uh, did something different when I came back in time, and now I'm on an alternate timeline. Apparently, that isn't uh, isn't what f- Physicists think. Um, there is um, uh, something flashed across my mind. and uh, Oh, uh, the, the string, super string theory has the multi world theory.
1: Diane, I'm going to get you to wait right there because we are going to go to
0: break here. Start your future at Eastern Shipbuilding Group and begin a new career that offers long-term financial stability, increased wages, bonuses, with full benefits. Eastern Shipbuilding, located on the world's most beautiful beaches in Panama City, Florida, has been committed to producing the highest quality vessels for our customers for over 40 years. Now, hiring first-class ship fitters, welders, electricians, pipe fitters, and many more. Offering a relocation bonus and the potential to exceed $80,000 or more for most of our top craft positions with incentive bonuses and overtime. Apply at EasternShip building.com. Start your future at Eastern Shipbuilding Group and begin a new career that offers long-term financial stability, increased wages, bonuses with full benefits. Eastern Shipbuilding, located on the world's most beautiful beaches in Panama City, Florida, has been committed to producing the highest quality vessels for our customers for over 40 years. Now, hiring first-class ship fitters, welders, electricians, pipe fitters, and many more. Offering a relocation bonus and the potential to exceed $80,000 or more for most of our top craft positions with incentive bonuses and overtime. Apply at Eastern Ship building.com the
1: top of the hour we're going to continue with more time travel talk and aliens and your questions on spaced out radio when we return for hour number two stay tuned we will be right back all right we are clear
2: i i have to go see what my german shepherd is doing that's right we got she's going to
1: We got six minutes. Collapse
2: or cannel and be in a terrible pickle.
1: Uh, uh, Yeah, no problem. Dirty filth, it's all on you, buddy. All on you. I like
3: pickles. I usually drink the pickle juice before I eat all the pickles, to be honest. There's nothing wrong with that either. Uh Nissan Altima. I always figured the best time machine would be that old Eastern European vehicle that Homer Simpson goes to buy. And it was like a Christmas episode or something. The guy goes, put it in H. Although I don't think that's actually how you say that letter. But that's the time machine. Or it'd be, you know, a cement truck would be a good time machine because nobody's expecting that. Plus, if you need to run something over, great. Why does Dirty Phil sound like Swamp Dweller? I don't know. I'm older than him, so he sounds like me. It's probably my metric microphone. Ray Lane and a caveman in the same picture. Deep fried pickles. I don't think I've ever had a deep fried pickle. I've had Jack Daniels with pickle juice. That's good. Too many of those and you're falling over White Avenue. and Guys coming out of Mike's air yelling at you. Oh, boo burns oh, yeah the magic of watercolor eat a red pill oh Jeff Garvey I don't do silly things anymore It depends on the ranch dressing, though, Julie. You can't just have that watery sludge. Well, I guess sludge is a little more viscous than water. But nonetheless, you get that watery watery ranch, that's just terrible. It just ruins everything. Same with blue cheese. You can't just get blue cheese off the shelf. I've only ever had blue cheese that I liked once, and that was way back when I lived in Vancouver. At the rusty gall, this is just terrible. Can't get the precise red that I want. Wish I was pickled. and ranch holy well it's Wednesday usually on Wednesday I go to the local pub in and get some cheap wings and watch hockey but no hockey this week or today
2: that looks interesting
3: Thanks, Diane. So, not quite finished yet. Just about.
2: Ah, yes. All I
3: can all I can say yes. is we got an alien and a caveman together so far.
2: Yes, time travel. Gotcha.
1: <laughs> the puppy the okay dogs
3: being rowdy.
2: Oh, the German Shepherd. She wants. She was worried about me, or something. They're so spooky, German. Hey, what's that doing there? There, get out of there! I got.
3: Maybe you had a bigfoot lurking on your property. Probably, it's always Bigfoot's problem.
1: Always Bigfoot's problem. Right. All right, uh, we got one minute left. <laughs> I just want to uh, say thank you to Carl, Bob, T2E, Pam, H, and Deb for the amazing Super Chats. It's a wonderful way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis. So thank you so, so much. Reminder to all of you, I will be in San Francisco for UFOCon 2023 on March 17th through 19th. I'd love for all of you to attend. You could go to ufocon2023.com, get your tickets, use promo code SPKR23, and... Uh, Get a discount on tickets. And, of course, we want all of you, all our Spaced Out Radio fans, to come on out to Las Vegas in May for the second annual fan party. we got a bunch of real hip uh, special guests coming out from the UFO world, cryptid world, paranormal world. Hang out with all of you. VIP tickets are on sale until April 1st. We'd love to have you get them. Go to info at spacedoutradio.com. Book your tickets today. We'd appreciate it. Here comes hour number two. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook Spaced Out Radio Show. Hour number two of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hi to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, Talk Stream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at YouTube dot com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davy the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Fantasticate. Fantasticate is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the Clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the news wire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio. Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Second hour is now underway. Diane Tessman is here with us tonight talking time travel. Aliens. Are we alone? How are they getting here? And Diane is it's an experiencer of the phenomena. And Diane, thank you so much for being here with us.
2: My animals are on the loose. <laughs> I, most of them are locked away, but I can't put Brody in with the other cats because he can't eat their food. He'll get urine clogged. So, there. Here comes Brody. Here's Brody. Say hello. Oh,
1: a beautiful cat for our radio audience. Uh, yellow and white. There and, you go. Uh, now me, go an orange back and white to cat. Sleep. That's okay. <laughs> we we like cats around here. We like cats.
2: That's a good thing. <laughs>
1: I want to ask okay. I want to ask you, you know, last half hour we were kind of talking about, you know, how they get here and the effects on the body. You know, I tend to believe that w- there are multiple different timelines going on at once and, and maybe different dimensions where there are many of us, you know, in different dimensions living at the exact same time. I mean, there might be a nice Diane, there might be an evil Diane, there might be a... Uh, a sorceress Diane there might be a godly Diane whatever it may be uh, do you think that you know any type of time traveler or time travel also equates to uh, these different dimensions or these different realms that could be out there
2: um I I'd like to drag Eric Davis in <laughs> um I do, but um, I, I don't know um, because, okay, super string theory I was about to say has multi that's the multi-world theory, that there are endless multi-worlds that are made uh, if you decide to uh, go to the store, one store instead of the other, and you don't meet the, the love of your life at the one store because you went, you know, every little decision whether you go to walmart or costco or whatever is is making another multi-world it's a very but string theory isn't widely accepted at this point they're working on it but it's it's kind of flawed and i i don't know but uh
0: Start your future at Eastern Shipbuilding Group and begin a new career that offers long-term financial stability, increased wages, bonuses with full benefits. Eastern Shipbuilding, located on the world's most beautiful beaches in Panama City, Florida, has been committed to producing the highest quality vessels for our customers for over 40 years. Now, hiring first-class ship fitters, welders, electricians, pipe fitters, and many more. Offering a relocation bonus and the potential to exceed $80,000 or more for most of our top craft positions with incentive bonuses and overtime. Apply at Eastern easternshipbuildings.com building.com. Start your future at Eastern Shipbuilding Group and begin a new career that offers long-term financial stability, increased wages, bonuses, with full benefits. Eastern Shipbuilding, located on the world's most beautiful beaches in Panama City, Florida, has been committed to producing the highest quality vessels for our customers for over 40 years. Now, hiring first-class ship fitters, welders, electricians, pipe fitters, and many more. Offering a relocation bonus and the potential to exceed $80,000 or more for most of our top craft positions with incentive bonuses and overtime. Apply at Eastern easternshipbuilding.com.
2: Actually um, multi uh, dimensions uh, I have a thing in the um, Beans Beyond book that says well what is a dimension uh, dimension isn't a, a science word actually. Um, and it's it's more a matter of okay, do you mean spatial or well anyway, where is this dimension? Because most dimensions are tiny um, compared to ours. Um, Can I give you an it example? Isn't really, Can I give you an I'm, example? I'm tongue-tied on dimensions. I understand, and I love them, but...
1: Well, I, I'll tell you, I was on a paranormal investigation back in 2018. And we were on... Okay, so... The original Gold Rush Trail that started in California and went up through Oregon, Washington, into British Columbia, where I am, and then into Alaska, is literally about three-quarters of a mile behind me in the studio right here. And we were investigating that trail. About nine of us were investigating that trail one day. And we came across this spirit. And through asking questions we were able to determine that it was a a Chinese husband and wife they were on their way north to a small town which was hopping back in the day called Barkerville and we we chatted with them for about 10 minutes and then we wow. ex- then we explained that there was a a post house just down the hill that they could stay at for the night because it was nighttime. And Mm. usually, you know, when you're done with a ghost and you say goodbye, if you're paranormal investigation, the ghost just seems to leave. Well, they, Mm. they didn't leave. And all of our meters were still going off. And one of the things that I started thinking about as kind of the leader of this group was, okay, back then, people just didn't travel on feet or on foot. Pardon me. They traveled okay. with, you know, when they got, when they, uh, rode the, uh, paddle wheelers up to a small town called Yale, the, in Yale, they would have to buy a horse or two along with a buggy to carry their, their belongings and, and everything, because it was, it was a long, hard push for a few days through the mountains. And, Long story short, I started walking down the path, and my meter was st- my meters were still going off. And I said to my group of nine, I said, "Let us part the ways. They have a horse and buggy, and let's let them pass."
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And as we parted ways, all of a sudden, from the from the beginning until where I was, the meters started going off from red lights to absolutely nothing Mm -hmm. when they finally passed us. We let them go back on the trail. So Uh that made me wonder, were they the ghost to us or were we the ghost to them?
2: Ghost to them. Right. Probably both. I would look at that as a time loop or a time slip, I guess, rather than, Another dimension, but it's the same same basic idea, and probably both um yeah i I wrote a essay once on uh ghost who are you because the thing is we all live in the eternal now, and when you think of it the the Native Americans are still where I'm sitting uh, and and where you are too I mean the um, and and the cavemen are still, and I suppose the future humans are there too. <clears throat> A point in time has layers of of uh, and and the animals and the whole the whole thing, because it's always time is is simultaneous, and our consciousness just takes it in, just organizes it in order to. To organize it, to somehow handle it, as I understand it. So uh, another way to say that, what is it? All time, all the time, all is uh, all time, all the time. So you probably were a ghost to them.
1: It does make me wonder. It it totally yeah. makes me wonder on what is right, what is wrong. Right. And and I don't understand, you know, the idea behind behind how it works. That's why, you know, we're all I mean, the beautiful part about this is we all have some amazing questions and theories. But how do we find the answers?
2: Well, I think uh, through science, it's got to be. But but people like us that have had a lot of experiencing as well as research and a lot of thought we ain't stupid um we just didn't get our our physics degree and probably i couldn't have done the math of physics but <clears throat> for some reason uh, oh brody's claw is stuck <laughs> wait a minute brody why dear god you're oh there poor
1: poor kitty <laughs> poor kitty
2: Um, and i think we're invited to also explore it um and and to to come up with reasonable scientific answers but it's it's glorious to explore it how how dull life would be like i've never regretted the the abductions or encounters i think in most cases you can make Lemonade out of, I mean, you want to wonder what quantum you would explore the word quantum, you, you look up at the stars more, and you eventually see something strange go by, and it's great. So, in a way, we do create our reality that way. Um, <clears throat> on Ghost, I would wonder, they may have uh, that may have been what I would call a time slip, uh, where but some ghosts are more like halloween i mean they're you know they're miserable they're not they don't you're you thing they were live people they had a a goal and uh they were going somewhere but i wonder if sometimes if the <coughs> ghoulish ghosts have to do with our racial subconscious there's a great episode of star trek of cat's paw right where where uh the racial the the aliens read the racial subconscious but not consciousness and they created a world a halloween world thinking that was was uh, the human mind but was but we do have a halloween racial subconscious we're all scared of of ghouls and goblins and but I think some ghosts would simply be shining uh, like a, a groove in a record that gets stuck or something. Shining through from another time. Washed through, maybe.
1: All right. Well, let me ask you this, then. Do you think ghosts are time travelers?
2: Um, n- No. Hadn't really. I guess. I guess if you encountered a time traveler that had gone back to say ancient Greece and you were touring Greece and you saw a ghost that happened to be that time traveler. Um, No, but I don't think they are the ghosts. No. That might be, it's an interesting thought.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, you never know if, uh, if we, um, you know, look at them as in different dimensions, why couldn't they be? if there are multi-dimensions running at the same time.
2: Yeah, they could be. They could. But are there that many? uh, I guess ghosts tend to go toward the past, but then you would be the past, (laughs) and they would be looking at you into the past. (laughs) Could be. Interesting thought.
1: (laughs) What about channeling? Or or predictions? Is this all part of the process of you know trying to figure out through maybe remote viewing or or astral travel and whether or not time travel is happening?
2: Oh, channeling, um, because I've I've done plenty of it uh, for years and and uh, have. Uh, uh people that still want to hear it, <laughs> believe it or not. And I have my own little newsletter. Um but um Astral uh, yeah, I mean it's all part of Psy uh you know that the um Caudate Putman is supposed to be the part Gary Nolan has, has mentioned it and Eric Davis has mentioned it. They think it's the part of the the frontal lobe that psi uh, telepathy and possibly the paranormal. I mean, how do you even separate psi from the paranormal? It is uh, uh, psi your psi ability? How you see the paranormal? Because some people see it more than others. Now, Bernie has the sneezes. Um, so, um, oh, you made me lose my train of thought. Well, uh, Astro Trial Channel. It's a periphery of that could be connected to, uh, like, predictions the future would know to warn us about nuclear war. And plenty of people have visions of new. I have a friend that has visions of of a terrible nuclear war. And many people do. But that's, you know, a warning to not do it. I mean, we don't have to follow through on it, but I guess future humans might be ones to give us that because they'd be the victims. They wouldn't have the same planet after we did that. So, and they'd have to struggle and maybe find some new DNA. And There you go.
1: Okay, is astral travel or remote viewing a form of time travel then?
2: Well, I guess a lot of things can be astral travel um if you went to a different time in astral travel, time would be involved, otherwise, I guess I would say it's a dream um a brief reality where you go to, traveling into the astral. I, I don't get time with astral channeling. Um, I, I don't know. There's so much channeling. I, I just know my channeling was sincerely, just fell into my head in a preformed, I had to hurry and type to get it written down. And it was kind of strange, or is. I can still, still do it, but... Uh, you know, I mean, um, the physicist Jack Sarfati, who is, is uh, um, I had him in my Future Human book and then was kind of told, well, that wasn't such a good idea. But he gets his physics through, cha- through messages, through channeling, he says. And he's, he's a good, he's an excellent, brilliant physicist, or was, he's in his 80s now. Uh, and he's all into time travel. They give him the time travel so that he can create their world. Is why so? There's there's channeling that is science. See, I don't channel physics equations. Don't pretend to. He does.
1: Yeah, Jack. Uh, we've been trying to get him on the show for years, and we have to try and get him on. <laughs> you know, we we really I hope do.
2: he's in good enough health too i know that's the issue sometimes too
1: let's get to a few audience questions here so we got about five minutes to go before we go to break here at the bottom of the hour start off with underscore maddie have you ever heard of someone going back in time just like five to 15 minutes back um let
2: me think uh no i I have time slips sometimes i i think maybe a lot of people do where where uh two hours pass but it it usually has to do with waking up in the morning and I suppose I go back to sleep but it's kind of weird anyway that's not it um no i can't I can't think of any uh five to fifty minutes deja vu but that isn't necessarily uh 5 minutes earlier that that is just something sometime that you happened before but oh it's happening again exactly but that isn't 5 to 15 minutes necessarily
1: what, what about time slips though there are people who have missing time i know there's this one intersection in vancouver twice i had time slips at that same intersection once heading west once heading east where i literally watched and this happened in both directions i literally watched the the light turn green and when i mm. hit my gas pedal the light was red and there was traffic on coming and thankfully i didn't get in an accident either way yeah. but literally had time slip on me um yeah
2: i i i know what you mean i I may have had a similar, I don't remember one, of of that. I, I have a had a really good friend who uh, saw a house that she thought she had been at a party at. So she drove, she was in a strange city, drove around the block, it was still there. <coughs> she went and got her partner to show her this house that they had both been at the party. And when she went back, the house was was not there and it wasn't any they tried you know to go around a couple blocks it just didn't exist Um, I've heard of things like that Um, I know I'm normally pretty grounded to earth Um, that friend who is uh, deceased now I really miss her um, she had a lot more like that and um, she was chased around by a couple of tulpas uh, thought forms for a couple of years, they'd appear, it was very strange. And, and I thought maybe she was lying. Um, we, had, we saw a UFO. We had dinner in Tampa, saw a UFO when we came out over the skies of uh, Tampa Bay. And then she started getting phone calls that were strange. And then these two weird human, I guess maybe kind of like men in black, um, they tried to push her into the car, and she even had a bruise. Uh, I guess they were gonna kidnap her. And one showed up. She took a nap, and there he was standing in the bedroom. Just things that you go, oh, sure, Sally, that that happened. And then after a few, a couple of years, I think maybe four or five years later, I was standing in, uh, had never seen them. I even went out to California from florida trying to see that i thought maybe they'd show up for me because half of me really li- uh believed her uh she didn't seem to be lying she and um uh, so i was standing in this park it was a new park it had just been made into a park and there was a pedestrian footbridge that i was the other side of into the park and this blue car um uh, came over the parking and headed uh, seemed to be heading for the part, for the pedestrian bridge. It wouldn't have held, it wouldn't have fit, and before I knew it, the blue it was a Camaro was on the other side of the pedestrian crossing, which was impossible. There was a wash there, a steep wash, and he was coming toward me, and this was a car that she had uh, the, a tulpa had been, as she called him, a thought form had been in and so it was meaningful i thought well i'm gonna stand here and and i'm gonna see one for once he's he's coming at a slow speed bumping along over the
1: hold that thought we're gonna go to our final (laughs) break with diane tonight on spaced out radio we have a ton more questions from our audience and see what else we can fit in in the next 30 minutes experiencer researcher author diane testman we have until the top of the hour. Space out radio continues at a balmy SOR headquarters in Stony, British Columbia. We'll be right back. We'll leave uh, all the right, blue we are Camaro. clear.
2: We'll leave the blue Camaro coming after me. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> Do I have time to go in and comfort the you, German Shepherd? You
1: totally do. You totally do. You got about four minutes. I'll be right. Four minutes. Okay. All right. Mr. Dirty, what are you up to there? Let's check you out.
3: Oh, just getting to the end of the drawing here, Dave. Got the nice ink coming up next. Oh, yes.
1: Your fine tip pen now. It's number four. Yes. Is that a Sharpie?
3: Nope. Oh, boy. You can't really see it. Faber-Castell. Wow. Point four. And then always... Same thing, point four pencil. Or a four H, rather. I apologize.
1: You're a four H kind of guy. Caveman. Definitely a caveman. Time
2: traveler. That's great. Mm-hmm. Palm tree, coconut.
1: Oh, that looks like the old UFO. The old UFO.
2: You can always depend on them.
3: Yep. You can never go wrong with the UFO in a cartoon.
1: Now is there air conditioning in that UFO there, dirt, dirty filth?
3: Yeah, but broke it at the time, so he's just taking a step out.
1: How about heated seats for those winters?
3: No, you don't need heated seats. Or you can let your run your vehicle run for twenty five minutes. you never
0: space? have space? Start your future at Eastern Shipbuilding Group and begin a new career that offers long-term financial stability, increased wages, bonuses, with full benefits. Eastern Shipbuilding, located on the world's most beautiful beaches in Panama City, Florida, has been committed to producing the highest quality vessels for our customers for over 40 years. Now, hiring first-class ship fitters, welders, electricians, pipe fitters, and many more. Offering a relocation bonus and the potential to exceed $80,000 or more for most of our top craft positions with incentive bonuses and overtime. Apply at Eastern easternship
2: Space is pretty cold, though. That's a scout craft. That's not a going-into-space starship. It's got
3: the 1947 version.
2: <laughs> well, that was the best. <laughs> My experiences were the early, were, what, 52 I I've tried to figure out because a kid doesn't know it was. I've had a terrible time figuring things out.
1: Oh, feels like I got something in my eye. Oh, I hate that
3: alien implant.
1: Probably <laughs> trying to come on out. Well,
2: Brody's gone back to sleep. So thank goodness.
3: No, Not even a single cat has shown up. I'm kind of upset about that.
2: You missed Brody. He was... he.
3: I went See, downstairs I and gave them snacks, and they can't even show up. Oh, them. your it's cats. Oh, I thought you meant yeah, my, my cats.
2: cats. Oh, your cats.
3: Usually Blob's right in here, and then the Gargoyle and the Gremlin are running around. And
2: I've got a not bunch they. of them in the utility room, and they're knock, scratching under the knocking to get out.
1: All right, we got
3: about uh, two minutes here. Dave, you a blue cheese type of guy, or are you like ranch? I'm
1: more of a ranch guy than blue cheese. In fact, um, you know, I like dipping hot wings in in some um, ranch dressing. I hear you, buddy. Okay.
3: All right. Where'd he go? I don't
1: know.
2: There was a pop. And, and...
1: He put his microphone on mute. He's not used to, he's not used to speaking. We got about uh, one minute here. UFOCon 2023. I will be in San Francisco next month, March 17th through 19th. Hanging on out with some really cool people like Melinda Leslie, Science Bob, Sev Talk, John Yost and more get your tickets at ufocon2023.com and we want to see all of you in las vegas in may for second annual fan party we're going to be getting out emails soon if you haven't got yours already and we are going to be uh, cutting off sales for our vip packages which will be uh, april 1st vip you get into a special party With all of the guests and Spaced Out Radio hosts, you get a nice swag bag and a lot of cool stuff that will be in there. So make sure you pick up your tickets at info at spacedoutradio.com very, very soon. Here we go with the second half of the show getting kicked off here momentarily. We passed the halfway point of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. I want to remind you that if you've missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor, Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Here we go with author, researcher, experiencer Diane Tessman is with us till the top of the hour. We've been talking time travel. And, Diane, right before the break I had to cut you off there uh, regarding uh, we were just running yeah. out of time. But if you'd like to continue – what you were uh, talking? I
2: have have a finish to my story about the blue Camaro.
1: Yes, blue Camaro um, time. So,
2: yes. So Sally and I had been walking in the park, and um, uh, he somehow levitated the car. I mean, we didn't see that, but he got over this small narrow bridge and was bumping along in the blue Camaro coming toward us, and um, but very slowly. And I thought, is this one of the tulpas, or is this just a guy? And if it's just a guy, I I don't want to stand and look interested. What is he doing? So um, at that point, um, we stepped back of some – they were putting up light poles in the park. So there were big, long poles on the ground. We stepped back of those as a barrier, and it kept coming closer slowly. And at that point, Sally took off. And I stood there and I thought, well, I'm going to see one of these things. She ran out of the park and left me there. <laughs> and I thought, do I run or do I, I'm going to see if the being she described is in that car? That she had mentioned a car like that. And while I was thinking all that, he just wasn't there anymore. He blinked out like UFOs sometimes blink out. He was, he was gone. Nothing there. And so I eventually found Sally in the next block. <laughs> and, so, and that was Sally. She would run for herself, and I, good for her. But um, that's the story. And so I finally saw what apparently she had actually been interacting with, which makes a very strange, uh, you know, ongoing experience for her, scary, kind of a man in black type of thing.
1: My goodness very yeah. very weird. very weird. All right. But let- I
2: I did I did see him and he did disappear. So I I you know, I believed her.
1: Wow. All right, let's get to another question here. This one comes from Nicole. Diane, can you tell us what you know about camouflage and cloaking of craft?
2: I wrote a good article on that. (laughs) Um, I've written an article on just about everything. Um, uh, I know that uh, the the metamaterials can be used. uh, We have um, uh, a primitive form of metamaterials that can even cloak a human to where you can't see them with a a certain outfit on. They fit into the background kind of like a chameleon. Uh, Metamaterials, I think they throw the the uh perception off to where you're not really I, I don't know but uh i know that they can be used in in uh in cloaking uh even today and um i assume uh I, I, there was a picture in ufo Dig or ufo uh casebook i used to be the moderator and um there was a picture of what looked like a bright, bright light over Anaheim. And uh, we had a uh, photo guy, uh, you know, a a tech that was really good at at working at photos. And what he found was there was a a round, almost metallic-looking globe to the side of the bright light. But nobody saw that. So that was a cloaking or a camouflage because, you know, they were saying, we're the bright light, but in fact, the craft was was to the side. So that's, that's my thoughts on that.
1: Do you think, though, the way ste- stealth technology is, you know, you're looking at probably a 45- to 50-year-old technology, that maybe that this cloaking might be something that the U.S. government has advanced on for its military purposes?
2: Certainly. Certainly. But UFOs, again, are they are they uh, really military advanced military craft well no we don't think so plus they've been around since well 1947 and probably for millennia um certainly like the foo fighters and the so uh, that explanation that they are some kind of advanced current techno military probably technology doesn't uh doesn't hold up in other ways either and I would assume the actual UFOs have cloaking.
1: All right, let's get to another audience question. Let's go over to the UK. Tony is asking, what is in your mind that you know of that's the best evidence of time travel?
2: Um, this is kind of corny maybe, but I think it's that the human family there have been so many of us you know neanderthals most or talls neanderthals most recently uh but so many human families that are families of humans within the human family homo sapiens is only one we're only one of a line and i think we if we go on we need to I think a new human uh, uh, family of humans will develop and Homo sapiens will be of the past like the Neanderthals. And to me, the fact that evolution, you can see it at work in so many ways and in so many creatures, um, it's a march of time and the creative, whatever force evolution is, so it's kind of a almost a spiritual thing that maybe is the biggest. Because you've got to be inspired. Even science has to be inspired to, to keep on digging scientifically. So it's not one scientific fact. It's that we go on. Right. Into right. something new. I think we're at a threshold. You see, um, we've been around, isn't it, about 150,000 years maybe and apparently other uh, humanoid, humans have hung on longer, or, but uh, things seem to change after maybe 150,000 years. There's evidence of the uh, evolutionary onion peeling or the, the egg cracking or something. We're evolving. And I think interest in science fiction, shows like this, uh, certainly UFOs, even uh, computer expertise—I mean, something's lost and something's gained. We're not as as good at uh, things as we used to be in the 1800s, but we're better at computers. They are, unfortunately, a big part of, it, or fortunately, of the future. And and uh, uh, I think there's evidence of people reaching, like a giraffe reaching for higher leaves. That comes through shows like this, and a lot of other different ways of people, you know, trying for, for something. Whatever it
3: is.
1: (laughs) All right. Let's get to another question here from John. Diane, what is your thoughts on reincarnation? John says, "I believe it exists."
2: My subjective self. My spiritual self says, uh, I think it does. Um, And so there's a lot of variations on reincarnation. You know, do you come back as a a ladybug or are you always going to keep going as a a human once you've you've reached uh, that advanced, if it's advanced, state? Um, But uh, scientifically, I, I think we go on. I think our consciousness goes on, and I assume maybe it finds itself a physical form or imagines creates itself, perceives itself a physical form, a new so I would say, yes, I believe it exists, but with a lot of different variations
1: continuing on Con- the...
2: consciousness goes on that's that's
1: right, right, and that's what you believe is all about consciousness, correct.
2: Uh yeah, because if you're uh a certain person in a past life and you know there are effects of that in your present life, you're that person having evolved a step, having uh, new experiences and, and hopefully going forward maybe a step.
1: Let's head over to Derek. Do you think the Mandela effect is caused from time travel?
2: Uh no um yeah it's kind of like an alternate timeline um uh, no I, i don't uh it's some phenomenon of the human perception i know i've thought you know some actor died and it turns out he didn't and then some of them i didn't think died did i know the the problem and it's not just about who died but the the uh, changed reality, but I don't quite see it connected to how I see time travel coming back in quasi-military units. you know
1: Okay, let's continue on here. A couple questions from Jeffrey. Why would aliens or demons give us UFO technology, like potentially the TR3B? Why would fallen angels need technology?
2: I, I don't think they would. I I can't answer for either aliens or, or demons actually. I don't know why they would.
1: Do you think the TR3B <laughs> is ours?
2: Uh I hate to say this, but what's the TR3B? <laughs> that's the,
1: that's the, the the alleged code name for the black triangles. Oh the
2: triangle. <laughs> oh What was your question? Is it ours? Um, yeah, I know we have a craft that uh, that is triangular, whether there are triangular large UFOs. I think huge ones have been seen as far as the triangles. <coughs> In uh, junior college, I had a spell of drawing tri- a triangular UFO. And I wouldn't even listen to what I was supposed to be jotting down from class. I was really kind of possessed to keep drawing it. It had little Kind of portholes, but it was triangular, and I, I don't know what that was about. It was kind of like the Close Encounters guy with these mashed potatoes. Uh, you know, he kept making the the Devil's Tower with these mashed potatoes. Right. But I, I can't answer. Uh, I, I don't know. Aliens or demons.
1: All right, let's continue on here. Let's go to a second question from Jeffrey. Also, what is your opinion about AI? Being disembodied fallen angels, as you know, fallen angels and demons are highly intelligent.
2: Ah, uh, my opinion is AI that we create it with our science. That's where I've gotten. I guess kind of disgustingly scientific. Um, I, I don't think so, but you know, who am I to to know? I, I've never been real big on. Either angels or demons. Um, I guess I'm always looking for uh, a sort of scientific. I mean, I know the future will come unless it doesn't. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm kind of earth grounded in, in a sense. Um, I didn't, when I did uh, channeling and metaphysics, angels weren't really, um, it still was channeling from a future source. Uh, of an actual person, so, an individual somewhere. Uh, I guess he's on this UFO. I don't know, but it was a it was a, a actual individual, um, you know, that you could walk up and shake hands with.
1: All right, let's go to another question from Thomas. What is the timeline for the coming shift in mankind's consciousness, in your opinion?
2: I guess it's when we finally cause it to happen. Uh, I know uh, one reason that uh, the reality of future humans might be kept a secret by the government, <coughs> even more so than aliens, is that many humans would be very impressed with people that had you know, the cure for cancer and <coughs> could solve all sorts of, of our problems, and might follow them. I mean, they would have a huge influence. Uh, would we turn away from, from our leaders? And they wouldn't want that, I don't think. Would we continue to follow our sort of stodgy leaders when here we have people that have, have uh, humans that have made it into the future? So so I guess it's when we make it happen um is my answer.
1: Alright, let's go back to Nicole. What are your fondest memories of living in Ireland and studying uh Celtic shamanism?
2: Ah, fondest memories of Ireland. Well I can't Nicole, hi. I can't I can't tell you the my personal fondest memories. <coughs> Excuse me. Um the the way that the ruins were just left to explore. This was in the 90s. They may have closed some off, but it was like being in a huge hobbit hole or the whole place was a movie set. It was just incredible, old haunted landed gentry mansions that you could walk into uh, and uh, ran into a ghost in one of them. He was an old man, and we smelled, my daughter and I smelled his... Uh, pipe smoke first and he was just there it was a burned out landed gentry mansion the ira had had burned it out because the landed gentry had taken the better land from the from the irish people uh and the the shamanism oh i i was in contact with the Tua de (coughs) Donan the whole the whole um place is just a wonderful place for metaphysical exploration. So I didn't, you know, study under anybody or anything. I just, just lived it.
1: Excellent. Excellent. All right. Let's go back to Tony here in the UK. Diane, could you please tell us about your channeling? Who or what do you channel the most? Channeling's just an incredible, incredible piece of connection.
2: Um, I I channel a being called Tybus, but he, he never really gave me his name. And I feel it's the the being, the guide that I had when I was four years old. And he's a future human. And that's all the um uh, most of what I've channeled. Excuse me, I will give a good cough here.
1: Sure. Not a problem, not a problem, as we got about five and a half minutes before we have to go to break at the top of the hour. Diane Tessman, experiencer, researcher, author, is with us tonight, channeling spirits. It's always a uh, an interesting topic there, Diane.
2: All right, I think I'm back, maybe.
1: I know that feeling.
2: Okay, uh, sometimes I channel an ancient wizard called Wavora, and there is a, a spirit of the river <clears throat> called Celiera, but mostly it's, he never gave me his name, I named him Tybus. Um, he's he's uh, been with me all, all my life. I think it's kind of a shared consciousness, and I think maybe that was the experiment he mentioned. All that way back. At least that's what I subjectively, personally believe, and um, I, and it's it's a reality. I you know I've it's been proven to me because I've seen it in my life, time and again. But uh, I don't expect anybody else to believe it a hundred percent. But I know people a lot of, many people do. Love my channel. It used to be many, but with the Internet, it's hard to sort of, you know, get going on channeling. There's so many, and they they do better than I do on computer, you know, on clicks and and glossy presentations and stuff like that.
1: I'll let you grab another uh, sip of water here because I can uh, sense your throat. And my throat's about to go sympathy for yours here in just a second. You know, sometimes in these long-form interviews, you know, especially when it's late, it's it's tough to get your voice if you've been talking all day. It's tough to get your voice, you know, to push through a couple of hours like that. This will be our final question for you tonight uh, from our audience here, and this comes from Nicole once again. And Nicole is asking, Diane, can you tell us about your hypnotic regression with Dr. Leo Sprinkle? I'll get you to take your mute button off.
2: I went all the way to uh, Wyoming from Florida. Didn't know him at the time. Uh, He gave me a a test beforehand to see if I was a nice regular person. And I was was It wasn't insane. And uh, then uh, my daughter went with me. She was fairly young, um, I don't know, eight or something at the time. We enjoyed Laramie. And um, then he regressed me. And he said I had an empirical uh, hypnotic state because it took so long to answer. He'd asked me, uh, you know, uh, did they have, uh, what kind of uniforms did they have? And he waited like half an hour, forty-five minutes, and I didn't say anything. And this happened on a number of questions. He was very patient, and I thought it was only a couple. Talk about time travel! I thought it was only a few, a couple seconds or minutes, maybe, that I was searching, searching in my. And I said, "Well, tan." I I I thought I answered fairly quickly. I wouldn't make. Doctor Sprinkle wait for forty five minutes for a, you know, a color, but he said no. He he, uh, he waited, you know, on many answers a long time, and he he just did, and um, uh, I guess the most uh, thing that impressed it or not impressed in a, that that he was most struck with was that I had I w- when I spoke of my I called him my special one when I spoke of him, um, there was this sort of soul-level crying, almost like grieving or uh, creaning like like, uh, women do in other cultures when someone dies, that uh, um, I felt that he was giving up his – well, I was four years old when this happened. I don't think I understood because I used to worry about – the plug going down the drain. I was that empathetic. i go, pluggy, pluggy. And mom would bathe me in the in the uh, laboratory. And I'd go, pluggy, go down the drain. So I think um, that he was okay. But I understood that he would give me something. And I thought that would be the end of him if he gave me. Uh, and it was the telepathy that we've had.
1: Or the shared consciousness. Wow. Diane, I'm going to let you uh, rest your voice from there and and say a big thank you from all of us at Spaced Out Radio for coming on for the first time tonight to talk about time travel and everything. We encourage everybody to go out there, hit up Amazon, and get your books because they are second to none when it does come to this subject matter. Uh
2: yes and this is my new book I'm always very bad at promotion Beans from Beyond
1: (laughs) go get it go get it today it's on
2: Amazon
1: (laughs) Diane's Testament everybody coming up next we are going to head to the swamp then little Timmy Senor comes in for the UFO report then for our YouTube audience we might do a little overtime with Random Guy on his birthday Spaced Out Radio continues next Great job, Diane. Thank you so much for coming on the show thank tonight. You.
2: Same thing happened with George Knapp. My voice made it. The, the last five minutes, it fell apart.
1: Oh, I was feeling for you. I've had that happen many a time. Many oh, okay. a time. So, but thank I enjoyed
2: you. it. I, you're a good host. I enjoyed it.
1: Well, I, I do my best and, you know, I put my pajama bottoms on one leg at a time for this show.
2: Yeah, I bet you do. Yeah, I do, I you, actually am wearing my pajama bottoms. And but. And, and uh whoa. Uh, and uh, dirty filth. I love that. I I really do. Yeah, we'll zoom I in here. A,
1: we'll zoom in here. There we go.
2: Yeah. Oh that's great. We're from the future. That's wonderful. Woo-hoo. I wish I had a copy of can you you can't send me a copy of it, no.
3: I think uh-uh. we can uh-uh. send angle something.
2: Okay, well, Fendangle something. I I love I love that.
1: You're a true sport, there, dirty filth, at filthy dot com. All right, Diane, we will let you go, and okay. uh, thank you so much for your for your spending time with our audience tonight.
2: Okay, thanks, Dave. Take
1: care, Diane Tesman. Everybody, how wonderful was she? I like her. So nice. So nice. I will be right back. Dirty Filth, if you want to chat with the audience, you're more than welcome to. I think uh, little Timmy Sinor is getting ready to sit in. Looking like the uh, Mr. Clean here very quickly. Be right back.
3: Look at his bald dome. Well, I guess you guys are stuck with me for about six minutes. Hope everybody had a good night. Thank you, Paranormal Pixie. appreciate it. Was thinking about putting a dinosaur in this picture, but didn't seem to Let me scoot that over there. Didn't seem to really have enough room. Had to have enough ground foliage as well as some trees, volcano because it has to be in the past. There's got to be a volcano. Classic clunker alien ship. Should have put a landing pad on it, to be honest. It's too late now, though. And, of course, one cactus, ligatory skeleton, caveman, ruffled hair, big chin. Oops. That torch needs a little more detail on it. Never happy with any of this stuff when I'm done with it. No, unfortunately, there's no secret dinosaur in this one. Could do the next one with the dinosaur for sure. I think I could probably do that. Thanks, Monica. I appreciate it v8 that's like that that's that tomato juice stuff with all the different vegetables in it you mix up the vodka and everything yeah i'd have to agree with you there sackage another classic stick that on the calendar next year he's just worried about his little his little stick with fire on it and here comes this alien landing it's like, hey, were you from the future? And what's he going to do? Go draw pictures in his cave or something? That's what I would do. I mean, I could draw pictures anyways, but yep, yeah, he's going to go back home and he's going to tell all his little cavemen buddies. He'd be like, he's out there and this gleaming silver thing landed and they probably didn't have a word for silver or gleaming. So that's never going to happen, actually nonetheless though he goes back into the cave draws a picture and he probably gets the last t-rex leg for the night more than likely he goes out hunts mammoths and he never never sees that ever again oops look at that a little shadow on that leg there for that fella this is a little bit dirty some scuff marks if you will Oh, the Ringo Starr movie. That was... Caveman, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he went and invented the wheel for sure. Dave, this caveman went and invented the the wheel. Oh, he can't even hear me. I can hear you. Oh, okay. This caveman invented the wheel afterwards.
1: No kidding.
3: Yeah.
1: Very awesome. Hey, Wes H., how you doing? Mama Susan. Jack Star, welcome to SOR Chat. Awesome Ann Palmer, how are you? Little Timmy, how you doing? And he's drinking V8 tonight. He's one of them healthy bodies. At least it's not his prune juice that normally is. prune
3: juice is tasty. I know. Hi, Wes H.,
1: We got uh, 30 seconds. Phil, thank you for another great piece of art, my man. Excellent. I'll go jump in the chat room. Have a good night, everybody. You too. Thank you for joining us, bud. Appreciate you. Thank you to our super chatters tonight. Carl, Bob, T2E, Pam, H, Deb, Kira, Jeff, and Cat Chaser. Very much appreciate the love. Here comes our number three. Would you like to connect with us? Head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info. Now, back to Dave Scott and SOR. Third and final hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Thank you so much for joining us. We very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America. Digitally on Odyssey Radio, talk stream Live at KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do Old Navy the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club, Fantasticate. Fantasticate is your password. Use it wisely, space travelers, as the clam sets a password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the news wire. check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. It is time once again where we head to the swamp. And our resident swamp dweller is about to take us on another spooky journey.
4: I come from a trucking family, and all of my cousins and uncles who drive big rigs down in Mexico have tons of paranormal trucking stories, as Mexico is very rich in paranormal activity. On the other hand, I don't have many stories. That is until today, at least related to trucking that is. I am writing this a few hours after this has happened, so it's still fresh on my mind, even though I doubt I'll ever forget today's events. So my run is mainly a trip from southeastern Wisconsin to southern Michigan and back. Now for context, once I enter Michigan, I get from the interstate and get on a rural country road, as my company prefers that we avoid toll roads to cut down on cost. They say the less we spend on tolls, the more we can pay our drivers. Anyway, on my way there, all is normal and everything is going well. I get to our drop yard and drop my loaded trailer for the following driver to take it to its final location. I look at my tablet and figure out what load I'm taking back with me. I hook up to the trailer and do my pre-trip inspection. Everything seems reasonable. I grab the paperwork for the load from the box in the front of the trailer and look through it. My company requires all shipments over a certain weight to be thoroughly looked at and certified on a scale to make sure the load is legal and not over the legal regulation weight. Well, I looked at the scale receipt and this one was not. So I contacted my company and they instructed me to grab one of the four empty trailers and take that back to southeastern Wisconsin. This will be important later in the story. I walk in front of the trailers and slap each one until I hear that distinctive hollow sound indicating that it's empty. I do this to save time and not have to walk behind and open every single trailer. Once I found one that sounded like it might be empty, I grabbed my flashlight and started to do my pre-trip inspection on that trailer making sure there weren't any flat tires and all the lights worked, etc. I walked to the back to open the trailer shining my light in there to make sure it's empty, which it was, and surprisingly it was even swept out by the last driver, which is rare. Once all that was done, I turned on the Swamp Dweller podcast and returned to the road. About 45 minutes into my trip, I'm driving down the country road with my high beams on at least around 2am and there were no other people on the road. As a matter of fact, I have woods on both sides of the road. This is where things get a little weird. I forgot to mention that there is an electrical storm, but there is no rain and you can't hear any thunder. I know this because I always ride with my window down. Anyway, the lightning lights up the sky every couple of seconds, and I admire how beautiful it lights up everything around me. As I come around a bend on the road in the distance, I see a person walking on the shoulder of the road and as I approach him, he turns and waves as if to say hello. The person was a man. He was wearing a hard hat with neon green pants and a reflective vest of the same color. That is why I saw him from a reasonable distance away, but there was no construction anywhere in sight, before or beyond this point. And I know this because I passed through there on my way to my previous destination. As I got past him, I pressed on my brakes to illuminate the road behind me, At the same time, lightning struck up and lit up the area. I'm staring in my mirror, and this guy is gone. In a split second, he disappeared. I thought that was very weird, but I got over it and focused back on the road. About three minutes down the road, I hear three loud knocks on my trailer. I turn my radio down and and I try to listen closer, but I hear nothing after that and think that it must've just been a bump that I hit in the road. About five minutes later, I hear five loud knocks again on my trailer and think it's very weird. Now, I drive like this every single day and I'm used to it, so I wasn't tired or sleepy. I was wide awake, so I can't blame it on that. I turn down my radio and keep it off at this point point. try to listen. A couple of minutes later, I hear five more very rapid hard knocks in my trailer again. As I've said, I always knock on the trailers to see if they are empty or loaded, and I recognize the sound quite well. So now, I'm worried that I missed something when I checked the inside of the trailer so I decided to pull over to the side of the road and open the trailer and check what was in there. As I slowed down and pulled over about a second later, maybe 25 feet in front of my truck, I see a huge tree fall on the road. At this point I got scared because it wasn't struck by lightning and there was no wind. I put my truck into gear and took off because as I said I was listening to Swamp Dweller before that and I was already on edge. My initial thought was whatever pushed over that tree, I don't want to stick around and meet it. So I drove around on the side of oncoming traffic, which there was none at that time of night, thank God, and went around the tree. I pulled into the next truck stop and decided to find out what the hell was in my trailer. I grabbed my flashlight and go to check. I open the door and shine my light and, well, there is absolutely nothing or anyone in there. I get back in my truck and start driving. I don't honestly know what to do, giving it some thought. I realized that even though I saw that man out on the side of the road as clear as day, I couldn't see his face, and as I said when I looked back he had disappeared, and those knocks on my trailer were getting faster and louder every time as if it was some sort of sense of urgency, as if they wanted me to stop my truck. And if I didn't stop when I did, I might have been killed by that tree. At this point I believe it was a spirit trying to stop me so the tree wouldn't smash my truck. Well, after that, when I got back to driving... I didn't hear the knocking anymore until I got to my destination, at which point I unhooked from the trailer and proceeded to do my post-trip inspection. And again, there was nothing or anyone in the trailer. So, I don't really know. I guess, thank you to the spirit for saving my life, potentially? And, uh, yeah, I don't really know what to, what to say. This story scared the daylights out of me.
1: And that's why we love the Swamp Dweller around here, spooking us out each and every night, Monday through Friday, to kick off our number three... And it's always a good time when the Swampy is here. I want to remind you that if you want to listen to thousands more of those stories for free, head on over to his YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Swamp Dweller Reads. And you can get them all right there. And yeah, do what I do. Go to sleep and listen to those stories. It'll spook you out sometimes. From the stars, or make that from the swamp to the stars, it is time to head over to Little Timmy Senor and the UFO Report.
3: Nobody's going to know. They're going to know.
1: Little Timmy Senor, it's always good to have you here, my friend. How you been doing?
5: Great. Been doing really well just uh, hanging out. It's actually blizzarding like crazy outside right now. So probably no school around here. As soon as we get a little frosting on the uh, roads around here, everything shuts down. There was madness. If you read uh, some of the headlines from people on their commute home from Portland, Oregon, it's just it's funny how snow is handled here opposed to everywhere else in the world. West coast doesn't have snow.
1: Oh, I'm laughing because I am like snow, really? They're not canceling school here. We could get we're supposed to get another foot here and then another foot on the weekend. You know that doesn't cancel school here. No. Yeah, that's real snow.
5: What you're getting there.
1: Oh, I know. I know and it's uh minus 20 Celsius outside of SOR headquarters right now. You know, it, it, probably more like minus twenty eight, minus thirty, with the wind chill going on, and it sucks. It sucks. But what do you do? What do you do? Hey, the main thing is, the West Coast needs this cold, this cold front. It really does. It needs to bring some moisture into the forests. So you can't complain too much with the record firefighters we've had, or fire forest fires we've had the last seven to ten years.
5: Right. I mean, snowshoes in a wine sack full of rum, and you're good to go, right?
1: It's nothing what a little fireball and snow can't cure.
5: <laughs> there you Fire go.
1: Fireball and snow. Let me tell you, it. it is a great drink. A great, great drink. You know, we've been talking a lot the last couple of weeks about balloons and drones, and I'm going to be honest with you, Tim. I am sick of it. I want to get back to where we are. I want to get back to some UFOs and aliens and what's happening around the UFO world. Because there's a lot going on. And I I want to get your opinion on this. Because I cannot get this out of my head. And it, it involves Lou Elizondo, okay? And when this whole thing was going on with the balloons, uh, Lou put out a statement. And I'm going to read this for our audience, okay? Because I think it is very important that we dissect this down. And I'm very curious of your uh, opinion on this as well. So it says, the recently publicized incursions over our sovereign airspace are a reminder of what I have been saying for years and the primary reason I resigned from my position as Director of the Pentagon's Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, better known as ATIP. UAP, Unidentified Aerial Phenomena, are regularly flying with impunity in our nation's sovereign airspace and present an urgent national security threat. But individuals within our government remain staunchly opposed to properly investigate and acknowledging this manner. Many of these UAP display beyond next generation capabilities that defy what we know about physics, interfere with our military and nuclear platforms, and remain unidentified. We must ascertain the capability, intention, and origin of these UAP at all costs. We cannot allow the antiquated stigma around UAP or inflexible mindsets within our government to prevent the American public from learning the truth, whatever that may be. It is time for the White House, the intelligence community, and our military to truly begin taking this matter seriously and to start working together in the best interest of the American people. Thanks to patriotic leaders like Senator Rubio, Senator Gillibrand, Congressman Carson, Congressman Gallagher, Congressman Burchett, their staffs, and the members of our military who have reported what they have seen, we now have bipartisan support for positive change and recent UAP legislation in the National Defense Authorization Act that will pave the way. I am proud to have played a role in the creation of this historic legislation and remain deeply involved with the efforts to address this national security threat. Now, he made that statement last week, but it is this part here that really, really makes me think. Because, you know, Tim, I like to read between the lines. And it's a statement that he says right off the bat. The recently publicized incursions of our sovereign airspace are a reminder of what I have been saying for years and the primary reason I resigned from my position as director of ATIP. Now, when I read that, and I've talked to Lou Elizondo a number of times, I know the guy believes that UFOs. I know the guy believes that there is something out there that's, not ours. Mm -hmm. Personally, I think the dude has had some seriously close encounters that he cannot explain regarding the phenomena. But when I read that statement over and over again, I just can't let it go because to me, it sounds like the Chinese balloon thing isn't about UFOs. His resignation wasn't about ufos it was more about other countries technologies that were being seen and have been seen for years that the u.s government wasn't doing anything about in his opinion okay because uap and you know how much i hate that term And I hate using the term. It seems, it feels false rolling off my tongue. That's a government term, okay, for this subject matter. And to me, it really defined the difference between an unidentified flying object, a UFO, and something that is man made. I'm curious what you think of his statement on whether or not you drew the same conclusions or whether or not you feel that he means everything within the sky above.
5: Yeah. I don't think that Lou and his team ever came out specifically addressing UFOs as being the ultimate focus. Really what we saw Mellon and everybody talking about was the threat, the potential threat. And so What we have to consider is the foundation that they were building without real information, because that information, as we know, is highly classified. The information that they collected on UAP, which is real, was on balloons and tech that was floating in reality over our skies. And a lot of us are able to document. However, a lot of that tech was confidential. And so, again, the ways, the means, the actual information was hidden from the public, but perhaps behind the scenes, Elizondo and his team were working that narrative forward. So when it came to the UFO public and us asking on the topic of UFO, it was always danced around because it really wasn't their focus. Whenever you see UFO used in this narrative, it's being used to kind of collectively shadow the real information, which is that they're trying to move the ball down the field, which is funding for getting more information on what is flying above our skies with impunity. And he's very clear on that. And in fact, just recently, Senators Kristen, or Kirsten Gillibrand, Marco Rubio have been able to oversee bipartisan push for funding for the All-Domain Anomaly Resolution Office. So in fact, just recently in the past couple of days, we've seen these two senators spearheading the bipartisan proposal to increase the budget for Senate office for Aero, the Aero office specifically. And so a total of 16 senators signed a letter to push for robust funding for Aero in the fiscal year of the 2023 budget under the National Defense Authorization Act. And so that is pretty up to date information. And now we can see how they're honing in on what they're really trying to do. This is, uh, these are the, rather the senators that are on the same team as what Elizondo is pushing for. This is the same thing. And yes, they are using some pretty handy tools to get the ball down the field.
1: Oh, I think they're using some great tools to kind of move the project forward. But was it at the expense, looking at it and everything that's gone on, and with what Elizondo has said, and even Chris Mellon for that matter, was this a game that was played by using unidentified flying objects as the reasoning to get more points, maybe more posturing within government? I'm not too sure anymore.
5: Well, I think at one point, a direct quote would be that he was trying to burn UFOlogy to the ground, right? And in the ashes, we have UAP and a reality of UAP because here it is. We've been shooting them down and we still don't have the debris. And so we're left with a lot of questions. We're left how UFO was somehow used to bring this down And the narrative is interesting because you have to step back and see what Elizondo was meaning when he said, see, this is what I was saying the whole time. Does he mean these unknown incursions into our airspace, including UFO? Well, he says nothing about UFO. It's all about UAP. And I think you have been starting to discern the two, and I I think that's important because UFO potentially is alien and uap is potentially from here um but that can also include uh earthly natural events so it could um the, the phenomenon and it could be et as well in their consideration but i don't see it ever enter into the purview and i mean mick west is pretty clear that uap and ufo are different things as well so, so even in his own words go ahead
1: if that is the case and i'm not saying it is but if that is the case, why use ufology as the scapegoat for balloons or drones?
5: Right. I mean, it, the same reason that UFO, ufology or UFO was used to bring in UAP, and to why is UFO used in the same headline as balloons it's all kind of the same thing they're trying to muddy the waters and so specifically why do i think that was drawn in um i think it was literally for funding because we're trying to draw funding into arrow and arrow really was that baby project of the senators that i just mentioned uh rubio and gillibrand and uh obviously mellon and his team elizondo and that push to get this in front of Washington. And we're even seeing supporters in the military with the witnesses that they've chosen to highlight as being the ones they want to interview first, being ones that are bringing the nuclear aspect and the imperative threat narrative, if you will, that this is an urgency to it. And it may not be from outer space. It could be something mundane that is interfering with our military, and that's the emphasis. And I absolutely agree that there's a nuts and bolts aspect to UAP that draws in a massive concern. And I mean, that's the part that shows up on my instruments, right? I'm not able to really capture UFO. What I'm capturing is UAP so far. I I have, you know, that has been, you know, my discernible difference in the evidence I'm able to draw just in my own personal research
1: and with 15 seconds to go let's let's continue this conversation when we return on spaced out radio tim sinor is here with the ufo report we call him our resident tim bit around here because we have got to get some canadiana in him because i do live in canada according to the Weiss house press secretary from 100 mile house canada Spaced Out Radio, and the UFO Report continue right after this. Hey Tim, there's something wrong with your microphone. I think you're on your computer mic and not your your uh, studio mic. Okay,
5: cool. Thanks for that.
1: Timmy senor cannot hear you. Hey Toke Land, how you doing? Jeremy Owens, the guy with two soft J's. Yeah,
5: yeah, yeah. There you are. Sorry about that.
1: It happens.
5: I'm here. Is that better? Worse? Right on the money.
1: Uh, a little bit louder would be good. A little bit louder now. A little bit louder now. A little bit louder now, a little bit louder now, a <laughs> little bit louder now, a little bit softer now.
5: Hopefully that's going to work for everyone. Apologies for
1: that. Did you know that it is random guy's birthday at the top of the it's hour? Like, he's a little 44-year-old. He's a baby. He's, he's a like baby. Inf. Mm-hmm. Shack Valet, how are you? We're all going to sing happy birthday to random guy. That's going to be horrible. It's going to be Oh, I, uh, it's going to be beautiful.
5: <clears throat> I hadn't pushed all my
1: studio buttons. Now I got background noise again. There you go. How's that? Yeah, but we need to get you a little bit louder now, a little bit louder now, a little bit louder.
5: There's like a sweet spot. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Apparently, apparently
1: random guy is going to bring his his red-headed mohawk on camera tonight. Random guy, random guy, showing the public his chubby thighs.
5: I wasn't ready for that. Mm -hmm. That Mm-hmm. That's great.
1: I'll tell Uh, you. Random guy walks into a KFC. People get hungry. The manager gets excited. You got that right. (laughs)
5: Oh, yeah. Where men are men and the chicken are nervous.
1: Yes, it is. We should uh, welcome in all of uh, all of the uh, alphabet agencies and agents tuning us in tonight on Spaced Out Radio. Hi, how are you? You already know our phone numbers, so give us a call sometime. Say hello.
5: <laughs> oh, if you were joking. So do you ski? I think I asked you before. I used to. Snowboard.
1: I, I used to ski. You were a skier. Okay. Oh yeah. There was nothing better than a good black diamond.
5: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Oh yeah. I mean, I was a horrible snowboarder. Uh, I only tried it a few times. Um, In fact, I tried one of the first Burton boards ever that came out and it was just a plank of wood with a rope on the tip of it. (laughs) And it was basically just a, a death slide down the mountain and, like, hopes and prayers. But good times. Early days of snowboarding.
1: Yeah. Put it this way. In order for me to ski, I had to tape up my knees so tight that after, like, a couple of hours, they were killing me. Because I've torn both the ACL and MCLs in my knees. Oh. And uh skiing really isn't conducive to uh knee problems like that. So... As much as I hate it, because I loved skiing, I would do anything to ski again. I just can't. I just can't. Uh, We got five seconds here, buddy. Thank you to our super chatters tonight. We very much appreciate the love and our new subscribers as well. Here we go. We've rounded third. We're heading for home tonight on Spaced Out Radio. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. I want to remind you that if you've missed most of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davy the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the news wire. check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on with the UFO report. Our good friend, little Timmy Senor, is with us. Yes, all the way from the blizzard conditions of Portland, Oregon. Tim, welcome back.
5: It's a total whiteout, total whiteout.
1: Derek in the chat room is saying, hey, Dave, when can I come on camera and I want to show off my dreads? Well, if you got uh, beautiful hair like that, we may make time. We may make time, right? Right before the break, we were talking about whether or not this is a ploy uh, to kind of, I don't know what it is about the UFO field, you know, and, and UAP and the big difference. Are you more, you have always been, a real nuts and bolts guy. You and I have had long discussions and even some terse discussions. I won't say arguments because you and I don't argue, but some terse discussions regarding nuts and bolts versus the phenomena. And are you seeing a change now in the difference between UFOs and UAP after what we've seen over the last couple of weeks?
5: Definitely. Yeah. I mean, that's a great way to put it. You know, in in the ashes of ufology, we now have UAP. Now, definitely UFOs exist, but boy, are they hard to capture. And isn't their history just elusive? Now, UAP is something that we can collate. There's data on it. Um, These things are definitely in our skies. And we have information from our military and all over the place on it. It is a totally different beast. Um, more than likely, if UFO exists, it's not from here or from now or whatever you want to call that. It's an other, and it's probably not human. Like, let's just call that that. But then we have UAP, which also could include ET and UFO, because I don't want to discern those out of the box, because anything could be UAP at this point. And even our you know, highest levels in government are talking about that fact. You know, they love to discern the two, but they're like, in this case, it's not aliens, but they're still, you know, making that statement to us that, Hey, don't worry. This one is not aliens. Like, okay, cool. Well, thanks for saying aliens publicly to the world, you know, in that fashion and then laugh about it, which is also super helpful. But the fact of the matter is we know that they're using really cool, high-tech technology looking for UAP, not even to just prove it, but just to make sure that we're not being threatened by it, right? Because that's what we've seen is they detected it and then they took it down and they wanted to be able to prove that that was feasible and possible and doable. And now we see Senators uh, Gillibrand and Rubio coming out asking for more money for Arrow. What does that tell me is that they're not even thinking about UFO anymore. That's not even in their purview. They understand how to use UFO to get funding, but it's really about the things that they believe in, quote unquote. And I would say that a lot of these people may believe in the possibilities of UFO, but it's not their biggest concern. They're not worried about aliens because in their minds, it's been here for a long time and it's not threatening us. Right? The threat is something that they can actually see and collate, and that's UAP
1: see i, I tend to agree with you, Dale. you know I, for a long time, I was really, really naive to the idea that this was about UFOs. The Tom Delong and the two the Stars Academy were about unidentified flying objects. And even though I fought that because I never supported the Two of the Stars Academy, just something seemed a little greasy about it. Now, looking at it, I think that we have to really separate what the government is showing us comparatively to what is truly going on. And it almost makes me wonder now whether or not People like Lou Elizondo or Chris Mellon or, or whoever are actually pushing for a UFO agenda. It does make me wonder whether or not, you know, over the years we always heard about this shadow type government that is controlling the UFO news. I believe, you know, uh, what were they called? the The something college right the secret secret, like a secret college or or whatever you know and look i didn't want to believe that i do believe with all of the incursions and everything that has happened from before roswell you know months before roswell to where we are today i do believe there are alien incursions happening Whether it's with the military, I mean, you look at the story Random Guy told us, you know, about his buddy in the Navy having that craft come out of the water, hover right on the flight line of the aircraft carrier, and then shoot up in the sky at 68,000 miles an hour. That's nothing of our technology. Or submarines or or, or naval vessels recording things going underwater at near-mock speed, which we cannot do even with the best of the torpedoes. And I'm just looking at the big picture now and wondering if there isn't some sort of cover-up of the UFO phenomena through UAP. Could that be possible, Tim?
5: I mean, absolutely. And the the waters are so murky. It's like, which one is covering which? And I think that each story, everything that happens, like it's literally like that film Wag the Dog. They take it play by play. They're like, how are we going to handle this? What do we want the final outcome of this to be? Because they have predictable results with every maneuver that they make. And so they know that if they want this to be a a balloon in the media as the result well then they'll make sure they have footage of that just in case they need it whether they have to fake it or not they'll have that footage it's just one of those things that's how the film wag the dog worked one way or another they had their result happen right and and it is that way i absolutely guarantee it and it's not just that way in this country that's the way it is in most countries i'm sure we're absolutely under mind control through our media, and so it's really tough to weed through and get real facts. And what you need to do is try and get as close to a public source for some of these stories as possible. So like, if something comes out as a UFO initially in the media, we'll follow that trail, you know, um, rather than something that is already disguised as UAP i think that's already kind of a convoluted message but you brought up ttsa and some of the origins of uap in itself and i think that ttsa came out under the premise of hoping for technologies sourced through their metamaterials they claim to have and they had diagrams even of great uh, intergalactic spacecraft and things like that on their website And it kind of promised investors a hope for the future, something through their metamaterial resources and uh, their refined science. And a lot of what they did was introduce us to a team of people that were trying to find the truth about UFOs and the science behind it. And so they were already laying the groundwork for what they now have is these multi, or let's call it the transmedium, UAP, and we're now even seeing them in the skies, and maybe they shot one down recently. And so that is a pretty public move, right? We've always been wondering, are they ever going to shoot one of these down? Well, they just did, you know. And so potentially we're seeing that progression in the news, and it's just being disguised as one thing, but being called another. They use the UFO um, word in a lot of the publications to get people's attention for a reason. But then immediately in the subtext, they immediately negate UFO out of the reality of what they're about to get into. So they use UFO to get you there. And then now it's UAP. And then suddenly it's just a discussion of balloons.
1: I I think you said it well, you know, better than anybody. I really do. And I think you're absolutely right regarding the fact that, we do have to correlate a difference between UFOs and UAP now. And I don't think, you know, it it makes me wonder about somebody like Tim Burchett, the congressman out of, I believe, uh, somewhere in the south, Arkansas, or or somewhere along those lines, where he has been, you know, grandstanding over the last number of months, literally saying to the American public, We are lying to you about what we know about UFOs. We are lying to you about extraterrestrials and aliens. There's more there. Why aren't you asking about it? Why isn't the Navy giving it up or the Pentagon or the alphabet agencies or the government? Is he the only one really speaking truthfully here? Because there is more to it, and maybe there is that shadow agency in Washington, D.C., that is looking after the UFO portion.
5: Oh, I absolutely think so. And in fact, I think it's less shadowy than we consider. Let's out the space program and not call it secret. I know it's called the secret space program, but SSP has gotten such a weird rap and a lot of BS attached to it. If there is a reality of a secret space program, it would absolutely be handling um, the other that is coming to this planet. You know, um, you hear a lot of things about that, but it's again, really hard to weed through what's true and what's not. Now we see tons of money being spent on that and not a lot of, media information not even from them they always talk about satellites but i don't think that's really the focus of um space force necessarily all of it now there's an aspect potentially of space force that is secret can we call that the secret space program maybe um there's and so it's a very that is also a very murky water to get into but um i do believe that there is a nuts and bolts aspect to ufology that is still real and that still has existed forever. And that is secret and that they, they, you know, maybe our government does know about and doesn't want to give us anything on because they're using it to divert their own narrative, their own program. The last thing they want to do is strike fear into us as at the same time as causing chaos in their chain of spending right? That would be a massive upheaval of not only our financial world, but our social world, if they were to reveal that reality. That's just fact. And there's no way around it. We don't want to admit that amongst us, but that is absolutely the way it would appear on paper. If you were to do the math, um, them giving us the truth on the nuts and bolts aspect of potential contact would throw everything completely off. And so, you know, we've talked about that Pandora's box, but I don't think we've even scratched the surface about what that would really reveal. The rest of the pub, the rest of the world is actually waiting for somebody to pull the plug on the truth behind it. Somebody has it all and they're waiting for the U S potentially to lead the way because historically that has been the way the U S usually leads on things and the rest of the world follows.
1: And that is very true. And the U.S. seems to want to lead the way into this entire phenomena here. Okay, but the question is, where do the UFOs go? Okay, where did the crash retrievals go? Where did the potential ET contact go? We know it's happened. We know it's currently happening. We know the reports are coming in. We know that the so called eyewitnesses that are getting their you know, their day in court as a whistleblower are going to be talking about the phenomena. Where does all that go? Does it stick with the NSA? Does it go to the CIA, the NRO, the RG? I don't know.
5: Right. Right. Well, we see Enigma trying to get in too. Um, and they want to collate everything historically and gather new reports. So there's a lot of people that want to be the one-stop shop for data. But, I mean, absolutely, there has to be some kind of historical rel- relevancy when you're looking into this topic. And if they are seriously trying to do that according to what the 2023 report is going to require for the next year, they have to historically come up with a lot of information and then collate it and see how it works into our current narrative. And the thing is, you may find a lot of what that stuff historically was, was disinformation based on events that they were covering up that was maybe something as simple as a Chinese balloon, you know, landing, but they had to call it Roswell, sequence of events. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, it's, it, historically, there's so little information that we can get on fact. You know, we don't have DNA. We don't have bodies. I want to think historically that was all factual because there were witnesses, right? And um, you wonder how deep the, the the you know that truth that they wanted to implant was because Roswell has stuck, right? The the alien potential of Roswell has stuck throughout the ages till now, and there's still tons of people that believe that. However, now that we see how the UFO topic is totally used to cover up events that we don't really want to talk about that could be mundane, such as a Chinese balloon, um, that could have been the story, you know, uh, another cover up. And the truth eventually had to come out and they were like, okay, look, it was a a balloon. It was a weather balloon. And by that point, everyone was like, yeah, right. (laughs) That was aliens and you don't want to tell us. So I think it's so hard to look at those historical events and know what's real and what isn't based on what we're seeing right now, especially, you know, I'm kind of new to this, but to me, this looks like a repeat of things that have happened in history. You know, they would love to keep UFOs in the headlines whenever they talk about things that they're not sure what they are, whether they're ours or theirs, they could be alien. You know, I mean, that that's a slap in the face to the reality of the fact that there could be alien here. I don't think they're even interested in that. Now, some believers are in there uh, and maybe they're looking for that truth.
1: Three minutes to go before we going to call it the night here. And we'll bring in uh, a little bit of overtime on our YouTube channel. I'm curious. Do you think that maybe this is the reason why Enigma Labs is getting an, as much play as they are right now with NASA, with Arrow? even though they're not a government organization they are a private organization who is allegedly wanting to look into go figure the nuts and bolts of ufo's is is that going to be key in this or is this just a a a ruse of another group that's uh, got lucky
5: right well absolutely Um, They are going to be key. We can see there's nothing we can do. They're here to stay. Their logo has the Tic Tac on it, right? Which is interesting. Um, But let's also consider the fact that we can probably consider that they don't know about the real truth of UFO and the alien reality. If that's a thing, they don't know the first thing really about it because they're still scrambling for data. They're willing to spend a lot of money for it, you know, and they're outwardly, you know, asking their own government officials to dig into the history and see if there was a cover-up, see what the truth of this is. They want to obviously find out and out it. So if there is anything truly to UFO, it's going to be brought out and let's see how they handle it because at some point they will discover that there is a massive gray area here and it's not mundane so i think it's going to be pivotal for these things with if they're honest and transparent and things like Mufon keeping some checks and balances and hopefully a watchdog group comes out and keeps checks and balances we can get the real truth out that there is still that gray area and if they're honest they'll admit they don't know a thing about it yet
1: They really don't. And with 90 seconds to go, you know, where do we point our eyes? If we're looking for UFOs, where in this whole government sanctum do we point our eyes?
5: Back to public. All the public data, creating watchdog groups, creating groups um, that can represent the public um, and real witnesses and real UFO information and get that stuff up on Washington.
1: You got that right. You got that right. Well, I I tend to think the same, Tim. And I think this was a good education for all of us here on the difference between UFOs and UAP going into this. And I think we do have to draw a line in between. And I think we also have to draw a line on where the information is coming from. Is it coming from the same old, same olds? Is it coming from the rah-rah government uh, podcasts and... And blogs that are out there, is it coming from the people who want to make the money? Like Enigma or Galileo or UAPX, where is the message coming from? Even MUFON. It's strange days ahead, and right now, my advice, just sit back, relax, and watch. Grab a cocktail, put your feet up, grab some cheesies, and just watch what happens. Because eventually, something's going to happen here very soon in the UFO world Tim Senor, we thank you for coming on the UFO Report once again my friend and uh, it's always great when you are on the show with us so thank you very much thank you to Swamp Dweller for another great spooky story here on the Swamp to kick off hour number 3 and our special guest tonight researcher, author Diane Tessman experiencer talking about time travel and Aliens tonight. We got Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thal rocking in the background with Little Brother is watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio rocking us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up for the guitar god himself. Special thanks to everybody listening in at work, at car, at... At work, at home, in your car, wherever you may be. Thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight. YouTube, Twitch, LGAP, Facebook, LinkedIn, Spreaker, the Space Travelers Club, and on Twitter at hashtag SpacedOutRadio. Remember, this show is copyrighted by Spaced out Radio and SOR and Media Dying Ventures Limited. State Thank you so much for choosing to share your you really evening with break. us. Because together, my friends, we own the night, Mr. Bumblefoot. We need a favor. We need you to take us home. Yes, the Woo train has docked for the night. But soon, my friends... We shall ride again. Receipts are always available. Your tickets never expire. And if you want to bring a friend, we've got room for them, too. Good night.
0: Start your future at Eastern Shipbuilding Group and begin a new career that offers long-term financial stability, increased wages, bonuses with full benefits. Eastern Shipbuilding, located on the world's most beautiful beaches in Panama City, Florida, has been committed to producing the highest quality vessels for our customers for over 40 years. Now, hiring first-class ship fitters, welders, electricians, pipe fitters, and many more. Offering a relocation bonus and the potential to exceed $80,000 or more for most of our top craft positions with incentive bonuses and overtime. Apply at Eastern Shipbuilding building.com. Start your future at Eastern Shipbuilding Group and begin a new career that offers long-term financial stability, increased wages, bonuses with full benefits. Eastern Shipbuilding, located on the world's most beautiful beaches in Panama City, Florida, has been committed to producing the highest quality vessels for our customers for over 40 years. Now, hiring first-class ship fitters, welders, electricians, pipe fitters, and many more. Offering a relocation bonus and the potential to exceed $80,000 or more for most of our top craft positions with incentive bonuses and overtime. Apply at Ship building.com.